40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own we don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensor media. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it... Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn. And I am back at the Metlo Studios. Week three at the Metlo Studios. Loving it here, right? I'm loving it. Loving it. Uh, today I got in the studio. I got Jordan from the Autoflower Network. And I forgot to ask your buddy's name. Uh, I'm, I'm totally is, uh, unprofessional. Hawaiian um, Nate. Hawaiian <laughs> Nate. Okay, nice. Um, and his buddy Hawaiian Nate in the house. Um, obviously we'll be talking about some Autoflowers. They represent a bunch of different companies. And so we'll be talking about some of those. We might, maybe we'll have Mephisto calling in. We'll see. We're waiting for an answer back from him. Through James at Seeds here now, he was very concerned when we mentioned the words autoflower. He had to get his boys on. Just, but, of course, if he does call in, it'll be perfect because we'll be able to synchronize all the reality that you guys are doing good things. Oh, definitely. Also got KTI and MTI in the studio. Um, got James calling at 420, probably, depending on his, if he knows what day it is. That's, that's the key to that whole thing. If he knows what day it is, he'll call in. If he doesn't. He'll call tomorrow and say, what the hell, dude? I thought it was 420. It's like, yeah, it's on Fridays, not Saturdays. Um, also, I guess next, let's see, we got Christmas coming up next week. So I uh, plan on doing a show on the 27th anyway. I don't give a fuck. Christmas, who gives a shit, right? It's over. It's done. Um, I think we're going to have Steve Tuck on. Uh, and he works with Weed Maps up in, in Canada. And he also is, you know, part of the, he's part of that generation of people like myself who are, doing things, putting out a lot of genetics, and I noticed he was on some threads defending the marijuana and a few other strains that he had developed and was like, you know, these kids these days, and I was like, Steve, if you want to come on the show and have a chat, let's do it. We can always do a little fireside chat, straighten these youngins out and tell them what the fuck's going on so everyone knows where the shit even came from. Um, also, what else we got going on? And then we, Oh, then the week after that, it will be... Uh, First Friday here in, in Denver. So if you're in Denver, first Fridays are going to start doing rooftop parties here at the Metlo as a sort of after party for the Adam Dunn show on those first Fridays. So uh, I have no idea what we're calling them, but something, something. Get low, get high, get low. The Adam Dunn show, something like that. I don't know. We'll make it up as we go along, as we usually do. That seems to be our specialty. Um, let's get uh, the ads out of the way so we can get the show on the road. And then uh, also, if you want to listen to the podcast, they have uploaded the Adam Dunn, who is me, obviously. Uh, they've opened, uh, uploaded our show. It was pretty good. Did you listen to it at all? I haven't listened to it. <sighs> you failed. You don't listen to my... You don't listen? It wasn't uploaded when I checked. <laughs> anyway, it was, it, was a, it was a good one. Um, it was, uh, it's always fun to be uh, getting interviewed now, since I'm used to trying to have to somehow pull it out of my ass to do it. I was like, this is way easier, dude. You just have to sit back and answer questions. You don't have to like think about stuff and keep the flow rolling. It's like, no, not at all. But he's also a really good uh, podcaster, because he's the opposite of me. He actually, like doesn't say a word <laughs> like lets you just ramble i like i was like oh, dude you're my perfect guy you don't ever even 
and normally it's it's me rambling. So um, yeah, listen to that the podcast. Um, you can go. That's on SoundCloud and on iTunes everywhere like that. It's, and it's, uh, he's got some good. He's actually if I looked at the list, it's pretty much everybody we've had on the show too. So it's like oh great, he's had Bodie, Mr. Soul, James. You know, so a lot of people in our account. But there's a few that we hadn't had, I think, right? Did you look, have you looked at this list? I've looked at the list, yeah. I don't know. I can't tell you which one we've had. Anyway, KTI has promised me that this year he's going to go balls out, get us all the best guests in the world. Two people lined up. You do? Oh, good. Yeah. See, he's already got two people lined up. So that's, that is a start. And, uh, and I know I've said this a thousand times and probably have, like maybe two of the thousand times it came true, but we are definitely on the upgrade. <laughs> We're about to get a new computer. Therefore, we can play videos properly. We can do multiple camera angles. All the things that people have complained about. Like, man, I can't watch a show, bro. It's just like one fucking camera angle. I'm like, yeah, but it's not about the camera angles, really, is it? You're going to see what? Him, <laughs> and then see me, and then see him, and then see me. <laughs> We're all here anyway, so we try to keep it all in one frame. There's, but, no, there's no one else in this room right now. No, so. there's <laughs> not, nothing secret happening. But in general, I mean, we would like better quality stuff, too. Why not? Well, of course. Though I'm very happy when it, I see that the screen is nice and cloudy. I'm like, you know, fuck, when we get high, high def, it's going to be like, I might have to get ready for coming here. I'll be like, sure, it can't be just a big, scruffy mess every time. Well, you can. <laughs> so uh, let's do the ads first from our sponsors. Uh, New Millennium, right out of the gate. The guys we had over on the show last week, which was an awesome show. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen. But a new, new Millennium based out of here in Colorado, um, really, really good program, super easy to use. Um, they have a bunch, they have about, yeah, they have quite a few products right now. They're, they're, they're gaining, like in the beginning it was easy to, ah, they don't have a lot of products really easy to use, but now they're getting more. They have the, this new uh, Carbonara, which is uh, the Carbo-based product that's super nice. Like I've been using it already because it gave me a bunch of testers for the last year and loaded with aminos, so you don't have to like, feel like you're starving your plants and loading them up at the same time, which is what usually you're doing when you're hitting them with garbos. So they got kind of a little bit of a base of what they need. A lot of sugar in there, you know, just what the plants need. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely been tried and true, and it's a great it's a great standalone product, too. If you're not really using their line and you just want to try one product, it's a good one to start with just because it's not in the middle of your program, so it's like you can actually see the results since it's near the end. And, uh, yeah, it's very, like I said, it's just a super easy-to-use product. You can go to newmillenniumnutrients.com, check them out. Get a, they have a store finder, calculator, all the things you may need if you want to try to figure out how to use their program. And if you're, you know, kind of on the fence, you don't know what to do, hit us up here at, um, I guess, what would it be, info at Adam Dunn Show, and then we can pass along an address, and I'm sure that they would love to get you some uh, samples to check out because they're those kind of guys. Um, you can also... Check out our buddies over at Incredibles, which is iloveincredibles.com uh, if you want to check out the website. The, basically the best quality uh, edibles here in Colorado and now going nationwide. Consistent, you know, the, the, the key things you need when you want a good edible. You want it to work. Uh, you want it to obviously taste good if it's, if it's supposed to. You want it to uh, be consistent, though. That's really the key. Because if you don't, you know, if you try to do it one time, it works great, and the next time it doesn't work, well, that's... Not the idea, especially because you're not with smoking products, you know, you know right away. With edibles, it's sort of like the next day you're like, well, that was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, and or what day is it? And then, you know, that's, that's, you, you may, may have worked too well at that point. 
so in general, it's always nice to have good, consistent product that you know is going to work. And I've, I'd say with Incredibles, it's like when my friends are in town and they want to try something, it's like that's the best one to steer them to to start off with because with everything else, you're kind of like, eh, you know, maybe. <laughs> but with them, it's always like, bam. I also got a whole bunch of new products now. They got like bath salts, but not those kind. <laughs> they have a bunch of different kinds of hard candies and, and gummies. and can't keep, I can't keep up. Look at this. Those are all new, right? Oh, yeah. All those products are new. They have a new wellness line. They have a whole new wellness line, which is including the bath salts. And what is that? Tinctures and bath salts and things like that? Or yeah, is it? bath salts, tinctures, uh, uh, vaporizers. What happened to your mic? Is your mic gone? Do you don't have a fourth mic? Oh, this like What you miss? Oh, it's because it's there. Gotcha. Yeah. In case KTI wants to jump on him, even though he's just mumbling. They got some barking. Nice CBD-rich products over there. Yeah, and they've got a whole little CBD line going on. So definitely check out iloveincredibles.com if you want to see what products we are talking about. And if you're in Colorado, Nevada, California, coming soon to Illinois, Puerto Rico, Massachusetts, all over the place. I mean, these guys are definitely getting the product out there to the people, which is, you know, that's a great thing. And Hard to do, hard to stay, hard to get nationwide on any of these things. Um, and free shipping to anywhere in Colorado for any purchases over 100 bucks. So that's not them. That's Buildasoil. I was like, wow, you're doing they're doing direct delivery now? No. Okay. Buildasoil.com. They will give you free shipping for anything over $100, right? That, and that is right now, obviously. Um, also, all Harvest products are going to give you a big discount on free shipping on right now. Um, Super good source for hard-to-find products and uh, anything in the organic realm that you may need if you're planning on growing uh, no-till or any of these. If you're, if you're a little bit nervous about it, these are the guys you want to talk to because they'll walk you through it, tell you what you need, um, keep you informed and updated if you need any kind of questions. I mean, that's a good part about these guys. You call, any, call in, and anybody who works there will pretty much know what to tell you. Like, instead of, you know, there's one guy... We have one guy who knows. The rest of us are just like robots. It's not like that at all. It's like these guys are all understand from the basic part of the uh, putting together your products to maintaining them, et cetera, et cetera. So go to buildasoil.com, check them out, or go to 855-877-SOIL, and you can talk to somebody direct and get, get to the bottom of it. Get to the bottom of it. You see that? Soil jokes? Throwing them in there. Bottom of it. Never too quick for you. Speaking of soil and no joke, Mr. Ron Wallace, world record holder, largest, world's largest pumpkins, multiple, multiple years in a row, plus his dad's even, in, in, his dad even won a record. So you know that it's genetics, bro. It's in the genetics. Combination of he has some of the best genetics and genetically between him and his dad, they must have some sort of super secret growth thing going on because they're just blowing it away. They got 10-pound tomatoes, 2,000-pound squash, 2,000-plus-pound pumpkins. Pretty amazing. So, so and it's all rhizosphere-based, so all from the root zone. That's what they know. And once again, you go to, what's the website? Say WallaceWow.com. That's it. How come I can never remember that? It's like his name. Uh, so those short-term memory things. One day, I'm going to tell him to get a better website so I can remember it, because somehow just, it always slips my mind. But... Call them, get in touch with them, tell them what's, what's going on. Tell them you heard about us from the show. He said he was getting lots of orders from the West Coast when we were out at the Emerald Cup, so I'm hoping that some of those are in direct sales because he, he's like a one-man show, too. He's, like, he's amazing. He produces all the products. He's putting them on the shelf himself. He's running his own website. You know, he's like, yeah, he's a, a 
really, really good guy and great product. And the thing, if you also, if you've been looking at like any extreme gardening products over the last five, at least five or six years, and you looked on the back and you saw that giant pumpkin, that was him. That was that guy. So, you know, he, and when I, when I landed in Rhode Island at the airport, as you come off the plane, there's a big sign with his, I was like, dude, this guy is killing it. Him and his dad, world record, bam, they, they want you to know. Rhode Island doesn't have that many world records going on, so they're like, <laughs> we got pumpkins, we're doing it. Big, giant statues. Um, anyway, check them out and uh, get your root zone going. And our buddies over at Seeds here now. Seeds are now. Uh, normally, I'd be saying this show is brought to you by Seeds Here Now, but this show was not brought to you by Seeds Here Now this week. This was actually just direct contact. But, but you never know. These guys, in the long run, Maybe we'll maybe maybe we'll create a new a new marriage here on the show because oh, that'd, uh, that'd be great because uh, they have they have actually started to adjust you know they're U.S. breeders but at the same time you know there's there's I think you guys have all different groups going on which we'll get to in a minute but seatsnow uh, check out all the specials at 420 when he calls in we'll go over them a little deeper but there's always a good special on these guys that's what's nice um, and they're also guarantee every seed got a problem with it you just tell them send you new ones i mean it's good it's a good business standard you know what i mean the thing, key is to stand behind your products and that's kind of what he does he stands behind his breeders which they stand behind their products and it kind of it's a trickle down it's a trickle down theory there the one that actually works not the other trickle down theory so seedsherenow.com check them out and uh you know always always throw the adam dunn show discount code which is just basically dude uh, Goose came from the Adam Dunn show. That's pretty much all I have to say. And then they'd be like, oh, they're right. Because they don't have a special code. But you can try. You can do ADS 420. You can throw that. I do that at the fucking gas station. I try it everywhere. Just do what? Does it work? You know? <laughs> I figure if you just, it's like aggressively try enough. If they like, I heard about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because 10 people have tried the same discount. But it must be for real. Um, anyway, check them out. And we'll be seeing them at around 420. That was it, right? We're done. We did it. We did it. All right. Well, welcome back to the show now, everybody. So welcome, Jordan, into the uh, the studio here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you, Nate, right? Was it Nate? Nate, yes. See, look at that. I'm getting better right by a second. It's that coffee. It's the coffee, dude. I'm telling you. Oh, that is good coffee. Yes. <laughs> it, it just it stimulates. So um, now you said that you're not much of a, you're not the grower, but you do grow. Well, I do grow, yes. But you're not not doing a lot of, like, the breeding that this company's representing is pretty much a lot of different breeders? Well, Autoflower Network uh, is an online community forum. Um, we're basically considered the uh, world-leading authority in information on autoflowering cannabis. Um, so primarily what the Autoflower Network is is an online community forum where we've got over 25,000 registered members. Um, and what we do is provide a digital platform for different vendors, um, not just breeders, not just autoflower seed breeders, um, but different horticultural-based products like LED companies, nutrient companies, um, things like that, things that basically you'd use during growing um, with autoflowers. Um, and what we do with that platform is allow these vendors to basically come in and do what we call performance testing with their products, where, you know, it's not necessarily like a lab test. It's not, you know, we can't walk away with, like, you know, hard data and things like that. But 
Um, primarily what we found is that a majority of people want to see products being grown um, and if it grows well, then they kind of associate that with something that's working. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you and I probably know... Sort of, sort of proof is in the pudding. Concept. Proof is in the pudding, exactly. In fact, you'll, if you look at anywhere on the site, you'll see me say that probably a billion times. Um, that's kind of the concept of what we go with, though. Um, our thing is is looking at all the different advertising things like that with these products that people come out, um, including seeds and things like that. Um, there's a lot of advertising and a lot of marketing dollars that's doing the selling and not actually, you know, the good stuff, the substance that actually does a product work, is it going to work well, is this the most optimal thing that I should be using for growing, mm-hmm. um, you know, all you got to do is type in LED lighting for grows and you'll get, you know, literally a thousand different results, whether they're North American based or if they're Chinese uh, LED companies and things like that, um, you know, I've got a little experience like with the Chinese OEM companies, um, you know, just the way that they kind of recycle the light technology every couple of years. Uh, you know, they kind of take a different chassis and put a new perforation in there and yeah. say, hey, this is the next thing uh, since sliced bread. But it's really the same technology that was in the last light that they had three years ago. Yeah, lighting is, lighting is, well, the thing that's interesting about lighting right now, though, is it is going through kind of a, kind of a renaissance in a sense of like, we're not stuck on just, it's going to be HPS or it's going to be fluorescent, and there's pretty much, you know, they, back in the day, there was really your, your main thing, and then you had your HPS, uh, and you had your, you know, your, your metal halide for, and then you had your TL fluorescent bulbs for making your clones, you know, and that was pretty much where you're at, and then now ceramic metal halides have kind of jumped in there, and I, really, I like those for vegging, for moms, things like that, because they're a little bit more of a, creates a little more of a vibe, you know, mm-hmm. compared yeah. to, like, just banks of T5s, you know, those are always, like, Eh, not really that. There's no vibe, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll keep things alive and whatever, but they don't really make plants, like, thrive as much as the ceramics do. And then plasma had a moment where it felt like it was going to be the one, and then all of a sudden it was, like, weird because it seems like even though it's running at almost perfect spectrum where you're, like, watching, you're like, wow, it looks like it's right on point. It looks right. Everything's right. I've watched plants suffer underneath them. And I'm like, wow, this is weird. You know what I mean? With professional growers who are just like, got handed one and then they put another bulb in the room and it balanced it all out. So there was something missing. Something's missing. And it was weird because it was one of those things where it was like, huh, well, on paper, it looks great. Yeah. But that's what we're saying. What you're kind of saying there is, you know, it sucks when, you, you know, you rely on people's data, but the data is not true to what we're doing well, well skewed i mean you know every can be skewed can be skewed on purpose yeah. and it can also just be just non-reality of like yeah but that's not what happens when you do it like good examples air conditioning i've had problems with hvac guys where you know they come in and they install something and then you're like tell, calling them saying dude it's not good enough anymore and they're like nope you know i spec'd it out and you're like yeah but that doesn't matter you spec'd it out I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> I hired you. You need to come here and you know deal with it. And then they come and then they get pissed off because it's against their what they learned. You know, what I mean, they learned. But also, when they were learning about growing, about uh, setting up HVAC, most guys weren't learning about indoor grow. I mean, they were learning about if anything a greenhouse. And even on top of that, they were probably not. And most of them are just learning about normal office place. You know what I mean? So yeah, okay, this could be a five ton could do this place, but put 40 lights in here and you're going to need 15, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, exactly. okay, so then, and, and you should go above and beyond. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think the real world experience is always going to beat um, labs or 
again, people trying to come up with some numbers that make, make them look good, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, so, I mean, essentially we're going for the proof in the pudding aspect with it. Um, when growers see that the lights are working, um, mm-hmm. typically they'll say, hey, you know, this is something that I would like to keep in my grow and I'm going to be using this um, for time on end. Typically what we do with the growers when there's scent lights, and everything's 100% donated equipment, um, we're under no obligation to kiss anybody's ass. We call mm-hmm. it uh, our pretty much our non-sugar coat testing program. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what that means is that we're not going to be trolling or flaming anybody about bad products, but we do tr- try to provide constructive criticism with the products that growers are using. Um, if somebody didn't like something or if they had a problem, we typically want to tell the, the manufacturer that or the representative, hey, there's some issues with the products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if something shows up at your doorstep and you're, you know, in a non-legal state or even if you are in a legal state and it's got pot leaves all over the box, you might want to know that. Not everybody wants to know, you know, yeah. hey, I'm a grower, right? Even though I'm in Colorado, you don't want to be flagging everybody down to know what you're doing in your basement or yeah. wherever you're doing it. Right. Um, and we also try to hold some accountability to these people as well um, when they're trying to sell you something. If you're going to sell somebody a $3,000 LED, um, not only will that LED, it better work, but you also better have a damn good warranty behind it. Um, We actually had a review come up with a company on the site um, where the guy said, look, I bought this and I just had this horrible customer service experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a couple of people comment to us. They said, well, what should we do about this? And I said, nothing. <laughs> I said, this is why we do this. We're not here to, to paint this rosy picture that every company out there is doing it right. We're just giving them the platform to say, hey, step up. It's up to you if you want to defend your product or defend, you know, how you're going to represent this stuff. Um, and through doing that, I, I think we build a pretty good rapport with people when they realize, hey, I can come here and get a pretty good answer from people that aren't going to blow smoke up my ass that mm-hmm. all this stuff's going to work. Um, same with auto flowers. I mean, we see fly-by-night companies come on. We've been approached by a number of people. I have people on Facebook contacting me all the time. How do I come on your site? How do I have people test out my seeds? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first thing I do is say, well, who are you? Where do you come from? What's your background? Um, you know. What's the history of your genetics? I mean, there's so many people that can come up with you know, a several thousand dollar website that looks so fancy, but mm-hmm. there's nothing there. Their genetics are uh, ripped off. They're just, uh, you know. Well, that's, see, that's one of the main reasons that we like to work with James, too. And I think it sounds like you guys are on the same idea, too, where first thing he does is he, he the, the first vetting process for him is, well, how long have you been in business, right? And then if they, and he's been in business about five or six years, I believe. So he's kind of like considering himself a newbie at this point. But if they're less than him, he's like already like, all right, all right, you, you need to put you know put a few more miles on before you come back, you know, and 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 then uh, and it isn't always necessarily true. Like you know, there are people who obviously maybe are second, third generation growers who they might not have got that much experience or that many years under their belt, maybe due to their age or something. You know, maybe they're in their t- mid, early twenties or something. But if their dad or their uncle or their grandfather or somebody was doing some good work and passed genetics down to them. That's kind of what, that's almost a more of a scenario that he, he's looking for. And I'm looking for also when I'm searching genetics, I'm always looking for, you know, people who, cause it was with me, the, the, the test was, all right, did you, did you buy any of these things from Sensi Seeds? Because if you did, I worked there in those years and it's really like less interesting to me than if you lived in the Himalayas and you, found this thing on your own in, you know, in Bhutan yeah. or something. And you'd be like, oh, that's way cooler, you know what I mean? Like a friend of ours has a Bhutanese strain, which is, you know, that's awesome. Like that's something at least you hope. But at the same time, what was very disappointing for me was many times they'd be like, no, 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 no. And then you'd finally get it. And then you'd be like, 
talking to his partner or something, and they'd be like, well, it's basically Big Bud. And, oh, fuck. Like, you, you just killed it for me. Because, I mean, I've had that. Like, I went to New York one time, same deal. Like, I was all excited. I was going to go to this guy, pick up some genetics, and I thought it was something really unique. And, and it just, it was, it was nice, but it was just something that he got from Neville years earlier. And this is back when it was less interesting. Like, now it's be, now it'd be really cool. But then it was like, nah, you know, it's like two years ago. So... Yeah, so the vetting process is important. And then, so how many people are in your group? Like in the actual organizational side of it and the ones doing the distribution side? Uh, so well, AFN is actually 100% volunteer ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any employees. Um, we've got about 40 people that volunteer to help us out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a majority of the site is actually primarily ran by volunteers. Uh, big shout out to the AFN staff and crew. Uh, you guys are the best. <laughs> Um, but it, it is ultimately a bunch of people that make it up. And um, all over the place. not just All one. over the world. Um, yeah. we're, we're primarily about maybe 70, 75% North American based. Um, then the rest Whoa. of it's over in uh, Europe. Firecrackers over there? Jeez. <laughs> it's a bit early. It's not quite New Year's yet. Um, so, But we've got members from all over the world that help us out, which, which is very um, interesting because we've got a lot of different perspectives and different uh, group dynamics in, in terms of personalities and things that kind of make uh, the special sauce so special, uh, special so to speak. So is our, is our buddy Mr. Riot on your group? What's that? Is Mr. Riot on your group? Mr. Riot? I don't Matt Riot? You don't have Matt Riot in your uh, Come on. I'm not sure. Riot Seeds, no. he's the, no, I mean, no. he, he, was yeah. the <laughs> he was definitely one of the more vo- vocal feminized uh, Growers out there, auto flower guy. Oh, uh, feminized mostly. Feminized yeah, not, well, he's probably not for us. I guess. I guess. Guy, I guess. So. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was just. I, yep. There you go. I was not 100 percent sure if he yeah. does it. See, auto flower is a unique animal too because it's one of those things where the problem I had with it in the very beginning was that I didn't see much vigor coming out of these things. I saw a lot of real small plants that were like, okay, that's cool that it's like bonsai, literally, literally bonsai. Like I had an MK Ultra that somebody had made here. Um, Actually, so, when I say they, somebody, they, they can't yeah. see this. Here's an old joint Dr. Lowrider. I don't know if the camera can see sure. this or not. But, That's kind of what my the MK uh, came out like, too. It was like yeah. a single bud. So, one little thing, and I was like, I can't really justify selling somebody seeds if that's all they're going to get, you know well, what I mean? And, and then they were like, yeah, but it's real perfect and cute, you know? I was like, yeah, but it's not. Well, and, and that's pretty indicative of the older ruderalis-based um, genetics that we're seeing. I mean, this is mm-hmm. pretty old stuff. I mean, we're comparing what this looks like. Now, I don't know if these guys can see this. We'll try to get some pictures up. It's amazing your the, colors that you get out of these plants. Well, <laughs> black and white, right? You, you haven't seen these. They don't have a color printer. <laughs> yeah, that looks, that looks like it's got some, but, some yield to it for sure. But see, you know, yeah. this year, this is Dutch Passion. Mm-hmm. Um, this year's, grams. yeah, this year's a thousand gram plant right here. Nice. Um, this is an auto flower. This is grown by Mr. Ganjimoto. Uh, this is Dutch Passion Auto Ultimate. Um, so when you look at these pictures of these old lowriders and you see some of these new plants that are coming out here, mm-hmm. um, or in, even some of this stuff's been out for several years. Personally, in my opinion, I really do think that it, it depends on the breeder um, heavily in terms of how those genetics are coming out and. Um, you know, there's guys that will pollen chuck to no end and they'll put up that big fancy website um, and then they'll try to sell seeds and then you get your first customer service experience or else you throw out your autoflowers and you're going, these aren't autoflowering, what's going on here, guys? Um, we see everything and that's the beauty of this community forum is that um, when people have problems, they come to us and they say, what's going on with this? Um, mm-hmm. It's not really hard, I guess, after doing this for about five years. Um, of kind of picking through the BS and saying, well, okay, look, I know how to fix this. If it's not auto-flowering, this is what you do, and this is probably what's happening with it. Um, you know, to get a stabilized autoflower, you typically have to back cross several generations, maybe three to four times before it becomes fully stabilized or fully auto. 
Um, what's happening is a lot of, well, not a lot of companies, but there are some companies out there that are not doing that. They're not fully working these genetics. They're just crossing um, as they see fit and saying, hey, have fun pheno hunting. Yeah. Um, now, 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 do you know, because uh, I know we talked to you earlier and you say, you're saying you're not the guy doing all the breeding, but do you know the donor, whether it be male, the, the male side or the female side, or if there's any, any kind of particular formula that is the, the go-to method, or is it, is it, yeah, just how, do you know? Do you know? Or is it just different from different breeders? Well, how they're doing it. I do think that some breeders do it slightly differently. I mean, it depends on if they're working with feminized genetics and they're trying to cross something into you know a feminized seed. Um, you know, one of the downfalls of autoflowers is that you can't take keep clones from anything. You can't keep, keep mother them plants. Yeah. Um, so when you're talking with that, I mean, instantly growing from seed, you can kind of have a small range of what you're going to get from that. That's kind of some people like that. Some people don't care for that. Um, I, I do think there are some breeders that are, are working much better at uh, with selective breeding processes to get more of those traits that people want to see out of photo periods um, and less of the ruderalis. Honestly, ruderalis is, in my opinion, at least from a commercial standpoint, kind of a lesser thing that people typically want to see. Um, you know, they want to breed that ruderalis out of out of the plant. We just want the autoflower trait. That's the biggest thing that people right. take away from that. Then we want photo pure. We want commercial viability. We want people to grow these in greenhouses. Um, and people that say, I love this, this is getting me super high, not this lowrider, uh, nothing against lowrider, joint doctor, or anything like that. But what's the, okay, so now, um, with photo period, that's the other thing, I kind of like, I think of autoflowers as ruderalis in my mind, you know what I mean? Because that's pretty much what, where, where, where it started and stopped with me, where I was like, all right, I'm done with this, I don't need this in my, in my program, because I was really nervous as a breeder to kind of mess up what I already had. Oh. And part of that messing it up would be having plants that didn't want to, I couldn't keep mothers up, for instance, and I couldn't you know, well, hold on to. So I, I want to squash that uh, myth a little bit, too, because when people say autoflowers, they do jump to ruderalis. They type in ruderalis into Google. They see that short little plant with the scraggly leaves, the uh, really wimpy root structure and things like that. Um, you know, ruderalis is great for giving us that autoflower genetic um, or that autoflower trait. Um, another thing about it is that it's also very hardy. Uh, ruderal, by definition, means that it grows in wasteland. Um, so, I mean, you've got something that just from its background or why the history of it, I mean, it grows in areas that are, you know, maybe not more acclimated to where your normal full season or a photo period plant would typically grow. Um, so, what about now? What about um, if you're growing in a normal, like say, normal 12-12 photo period or 11-13 photo period, um, is that necessary, or do you, can you can you just leave it on 24 hours a day? Well, what would be the issue? You, with you can you can actually grow autoflowers from seed to harvest on 24-hour lighting. Um, that's actually what I prefer to grow. That's all I've ever grown pretty much is 24-hour lightings. I've grown hundreds of autoflowers. Um, my argument for that is is this: Everyone's always asking, "What's the best lighting cycle?" What we've seen, at least based on documentation from thousands of grow journals of all these different breeders from all around the world, typically 18 hours of lights on is considered to be optimal growth for autoflowers for both veg and flower. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that you're getting diminishing returns by giving more light past that. Um, I do it for simply ease of use, and it also creates a pretty steady um, environment condition as far as my grow tent and things goes. Well, yeah, I can I can see that you definitely have a consistent grow time, and the thing is, you know, you got autoflowers. You know I mean, you're not fucking around. You're like, well, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> and so, um, with that eighteen six hour cycle, um, 
the timing's about the same though? Fifty days, sixty days, in that um, range, or is there is there typically from seed? Can you speed it up by going longer in your hours, or is that no? It's like a cake, right? You can't fuck it up, right? There's no speed advantages. This is another question people often ask: Is hey, if I if I start these at twelve twelve, is it going to speed up? Autoflowers will flower based on their genetics. It has nothing to do with the light cycle. Um, so if they're truly autoflower, if it's a true autoflower variety, um, it'll basically go and it's going to do its thing regardless. I've actually had some plants. It was uh, Jet 47 crossed with Labella Aphrodita. It started pre-flowering at seven days from seed. Um, and it was, a, it was a great harvest. I just got these big chunky nugs from it. Um, does that mean that necessarily you're going to have a bigger, faster plant? Not necessarily. Um, I do think that there are some advantages also with Ruderalis um, as far as crossing into photo periods that some people don't necessarily um, uh, attribute. There's these things that they're starting to market called semi-autos where they're crossing Ruderalis into the photo period, not with the intention of creating a fully autoflower um, hybrid, but instead trying to take some of those characteristics from Ruderalis like mm -hmm. faster maturation, or faster flowering, but still keeping that photo period plant kind of where it's at. Um, what we're seeing is that with these semi-autos, there's people that live in certain areas of the world that might not normally be able to grow out a photo period full cycle. Right. But with these faster flowering varieties, they're actually able to get those cycles in with more common. Well, that's plants. why, I mean, when I first moved here, I was like, oh, I guess in Colorado it kind of makes sense for outdoors. But then again, here, it's been, ever since I moved here, it's gotten the seasons got longer and longer and longer, like this year. You know, you had one cold snap, really, and then it was like, fuck, it could have been in the ground till till now almost. It was like there was a couple, we had a few, few cold well, snaps, but and, not much. And you can go from seed to harvest in around 70 to 90 days with the most autos. Um, there are some that can take up to 120 days. There's a, you know, there's a coin term called super autos. It's kind of a marketing okay, thing. Okay, so but, what about um, auto flowering some hemp now? Have you guys been working on that? Or anybody um, we that? haven't actually touched anything like that. That's because incredibly... Because that seems uh, like a real easy, easy... Um, avenue to kind of especially when you feminize and autoflower because of the fact that there's a lot of places that are going to try to grow hemp on a large scale and are going to be fucked because of their photo period plants are not going to work like for, for instance um the one of the some of the bigger strains that are like kind of like the the, the go-to strains for europe are all not going to work um because they've actually tried, and they would come, they, you know, it'd be like seven, you know, right when you're about to harvest, you're just about getting into the zone, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, that ain't going to work. It's going to take at least three or four years to stay to get that down to the point where it'll actually work. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, especially because of the fact that if you're going to grow, if you grow feminized autoflowers, you get a guaranteed about a, amount of biomass, and you don't have to pull any males out. I mean, it'd be like the dream. The dream. Plus, your numbers would be huge because people aren't going to order we would, ten. We would love. <laughs> they're gonna we would, order, they're gonna we order. Had, uh, let me just shout this out. We would love to work with anyone that would like to do testing with that or get that going here. Right. So, <laughs> well, that's cool. And we have some friends that are doing some breeding for CBD, and then maybe we can link you guys up. And they're down south too, so that'd be that'd be easy enough. We can Perfect. Nice. Link you guys up this year, and then maybe we could do a little cross cross pollination project. Right. Whatever. Beautiful. Sounds good. Um, so. You, you go over to Spanibus ever? I mean, I'm sure that's probably a big big market for you guys as far as... Uh, you know, to be honest with you, this is one of the first years we've really kind of gotten into uh, more of the social media marketing and even attending expos and things like that. Uh, my wife and I actually attended Canagrow in Denver here this last October. That was mm -hmm. the first time we've even gone to a show like that before. Right. Um, and that was really interesting, um, just from a grower standpoint. It was a kind of slow show, but it was, um, a, it was, a, it was a... It wasn't the... 
vibrant show that you want as your introduction that, that, to the whole that, industry. And that's like, what I was expecting going in there. I mean, it was kind of, uh, you know, I found myself at one point in time waiting for the uh, meat pole tray to just come around because I was like, it's just not, there's not much happening here. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that kind of a low, low energy event in my, in my opinion. But um, it's because now we're literally we're at that tail end of like, there's so many um, trade shows and really the, the, the ones that kind of have sort of somehow managed to, to stay on, on top are far and few between. And there's been a whole bunch of, you know, attempts um next month you got indo expo which is coming back and that one actually i'd say they survived the that kind of stage because they started off in like a back of a restaurant okay and then you know i mean it was like small and then it went to the next level and then it got to the bigger and now it's been at this it's been at the denver mark for the last couple years and it's they introduced hemp and that really brought the show together and I think made the show really more successful because Colorado and the hemp, that's why I was asking you about the hemp thing because right now in Colorado, I think of all things, like Cali is, you know, Cali is always going to be king when it comes to flower. There's no way we're ever going to say we can grow better flower or more or any of those things because, you know, they may have a lot of bamber coming out and mids coming out because people have grown too much, but they're always have the advantage in that sense. But when it comes to hemp, we're in this really weird, you know, dynamics because we're high. We're like, you know, high, we're like Mesa, high Mesa, you know, got a lot of UV, um, wide open, not, you know, but not the greatest soil. I mean, we, we got to admit our soil, unless you're down south, you got like, yeah. now you got some, or you're on the west slope, you got, we got little patches, you know what I mean? But the rest of the state, fuck it, you know, like north and east and a little bit in the northwest, but pretty much northeast is done, done. You know, too windy and whatever. But but in general, we definitely have a lot of good land for growing hemp that would be benefit from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cali's a little bit dangerous when it comes to hemp because their market's so big on cannabis that you don't want to be that guy. I mean, people are going to do it for sure. Then it's going to piss off a lot of people when it's going to fuck up a lot of genetics with just when <laughs> just well we even see that out here like in oh it, happen, it happens already yeah, yeah it's already happened to my friends down south no, it's bad it's and, bad in Crowley county i mean last year everyone's everyone's crop got seeded it was complete right uh, yeah well you know and the thing is the way i look at that is is it it does do two things though it kind of it makes it makes because if you took all those seeds and you dumped them out somewhere just to say fuck it you like get them back in line create you would end up with some sort of somewhere in between strain, which would be like a, you know, 5% across the board or 8% across the board, even, you know, balanced out. And it'd be like decent enough, but not good enough. You know what I mean? Well, that's, what, yeah. well, that's what we did is uh, we had a bunch of volunteers from last year that came up. So we, we thinned them out from about 50 to down to about five. And we just let the best go. And uh, we ended up getting like five pounds off of that, that one uh, I think it was uh, skunk number one, and we don't know what the other part is. We think it's hemp. Right. We made RSO out of it. And but it was, but it was, yeah, I mean. It was, it was not too bad. It right. It's like yeah. right in the middle. <laughs> but, but, but five pounds but, worth of it. So. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, you can imagine if there's a, if, yeah, so if the, if the, uh, if the hemp would, would get better, then. You know, it would be the. It'd be, it'd be nice if they let us go to one percent. Put it that way, because I mean, then we would have a lot more leeway. Because right, uh, but the idea of point three percent is kind of lame because it makes the 
makes it very hard to pick out like you, you definitely get a lot of strains you got to pull them early there's no right. way around you're like alright pull it at five weeks it'll be guaranteed below that but if you let it go to six or seven you might spike those are actually the ones that work the best because they're riding on that line where if you get like the non-detectables or the really like just really heavy stuff you're back to that same problem of not having enough of, a, of an entourage effect to make it even work so you're not really balanced so, so technically I, and I think some states are talking about 1% or 0.9, which would be awesome. That'd be like, okay, now we have a whole bigger range of, also of terps too, because yeah. that's the thing is like, it's hard to make terp, terpy stuff that stays below 1% or stay, you know, gets below that 1% range. But right around that 1% range, and at that point, you, there is a lot. It, start, it starts really a little bit below and, and continues up for, from there on. Anything below that, you're just like, it's like, yeah, it tastes like no hay or something. No, that doesn't have any terps. Do you think those terps are by some synergy effect as well with uh, you know the medicinal? Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. And that's that's obvious. You know what I mean? Because when you get like Chinese CBD, it doesn't work. And when you get stuff like Mary's medicinals and that's grown here up north, and you know, so I know where it's grown, and then so I know that the product that goes into it is good. And then I get like uh, George, who works here at the Metlo. He's a like a little taekwondo free fighter guy and he covers himself <laughs> with those <laughs> patches and he's like dude they work so good you know what i mean and i'm like yeah i know because i know the guy who grows it and that's that's you know the chain like, that's the whole point if you know that and and their stuff is uh you know it's field grown so it's not like you know it's not it's still grown like i wouldn't say roughly it was still you know it's definitely you know it's grown by hand and all you know their process is clean as possible and they also know how to grow good weed in general, so it's not like they're treating it that much worse than. But they're but at the same time they're doing volume. They're doing thirty thousand, forty thousand plants, so you can only treat them so well when you're dealing with forty thousand of them. You know what I mean? It's like it's like telling a farmer not to like don't don't push the cows around. Like, Do the cow, I gotta push them at some point. I'm like, I just throw them in there, you know. And uh, like last year was crazy, like with all the um, the fires and stuff in Cali. My friends were like telling me that they've. And they were on the show here. They were saying they've never abused cannabis like they had to this year. Just, just on timing. They have no no time. Like go in there and get it and throw it into this truck and drive it out. You know what I mean? And it was like just slapping them down. You know, and, well you could you got to do what you got to do. You, you, do you think those fires are going to cause some sort of catch up that's going to have to happen as far as demand goes? No, their, no. no. It was a bumper crop this year yeah. too. So it was like. The amount of fires was like this. The amount of extra weed was like this. So, <laughs> so, so technically, it didn't barely put a dent in. It uh -huh. didn't even put a dent. Oh wow! And so, I mean, it hurt. It hurt individuals, and it, you know, it, it affected obviously some minor situations. But as a bigger picture, no, it didn't. Didn't even cause a ripple. That's what. That's what's crazy about it too. Is like. Cali was just on such an like because it was the first year they had rain. You know what I mean? So they just crushed it all of a sudden, but. Then when it went into this, uh, but as it went in though, they had problems. Kind of like some of the people had to like start over again because it was so wet in the beginning that you couldn't start. You know, so it was like new problems, right? It goes from like yeah. the driest place on the fucking planet, almost like, oh, will we have enough water? Yeah, pick, pick your poison, right? So, um, so are you native here, or where are you, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm born and raised in North Dakota, actually. Okay. So, All right. so um, you're out, and that's uh, which which part of North Dakota? Um, down by, uh, it'd be the southwestern part near the Badlands, mm -hmm. uh, near a little town called Medora. So the climate here is pretty, uh, 
I mean, because you, you're down south here, too, yeah, so it, it's even it, kind of similar It's ve very similar. That's actually kind of the appeal of moving down here. Uh -huh. I grew up right next to the Badlands. Um, and uh, coming You like saying these. You notice how he says it? <laughs> I grew up next to the Badlands. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, wait, uh, we moved down here. Uh, my wife is actually from Nebraska. We moved from Nebraska here about six months ago. Oh, wow. Um, so we've been down here. We just... Like a, that's like a uh, escape. Escape from Nebraska. Sounds uh, like... <laughs> going to yeah, Colorado, It's, it's right? kind of like escape from L.A. just without all the, you know, visual effects and yeah, things like that. Yeah, a lot more so, field, a lot more cornfields. Um, so <laughs> Less buildings um, and, and knocked over things. So, like, no, we were going to buy a, a farm out there, and, uh, you know, things kind of ended up not working out in that regard, and I think that actually was kind of the big push for us to start looking at uh, land and area down here. And, um, no, we've been here for about six months now, and we absolutely love it. Um, you know, when people ask, it, everyone that tells us, they're like, God, you guys seem so happy, and... Um, and honestly, it's just a, it's a cool place. I really like the vibe of the state. Um, you know, at first, everyone's like, you guys are just moving down for marijuana. You're just moving down there for cannabis. Of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah. It, well, yeah, honestly, yeah. there, there yeah. was some decision for yeah. that, too. Um, but now that we've been here, I mean, I just I really enjoy um, seeing what some of the taxes from uh, recreational cannabis are going towards. I really do see the effects of the state pumping money back. Um, you know, into the state itself. Those yeah. I mean, it's all that, that's all that's. Um, it depends. If I had other people on the show, they would disagree wildly with you right now on everything because um, it is one of those things where we're so Colorado's kind of like at that point where it's things are re realities coming in. Like things have like so a lot of that money didn't go where it should have went. And the crazy part is like where it went to with, mm -hmm. with the, like schools, for instance. It didn't go anything into books. It went strictly into like building new schools or and that's like. Well, that's not what they need. They need to fucking make their schools better. They need to pay the teachers better. None of the money goes to teachers. It all goes to these yeah. construction companies that actually, like, you know, might not even build a school. They'll just be like, yeah, we got the money now. We, but, yeah, we don't need to. There's no, like, requirements for them to do anything. So it's kind of like there is some bullshit going on, of course. And, and the thing is, like, you know, like we were talking about earlier with Sweetleaf, uh, you know, uh, the idea that, they're, you know, exposing the fact that they're making a shitload of more money for them, which is kind of funny because it's all going to the state anyway. And so they're going to lose a bunch on tax money. The shops weren't even doing anything illegal because technically the way it was, the law was written, it's like if you write a dumb law and people work around it, it's fucking your fault. You need to fix that. You know what I mean? That's up yeah. to you. to, And that's it's on you. Yeah. And I, that's the way it is. I don't understand why they went for the lowest guys on the totem pole there. Well, yeah, of course. Um. And, you, and they went, and that's not even legal. I mean, the idea to go after employees, when you hold an employee badge, you're not bound to the company's uh, legal side. When the cops roll in and they've been doing something illegal, it goes. you're supposed to go to the key badge holders. That's why... Whenever you had those employee badges, you almost felt safer as an employee because you're like, well, fuck, I'm not responsible for anything really here. I just have to get paid, do my job, and do a good job, you know, et cetera. But you don't, when the cops come, you're supposed to be able to let go. And then the, the fact that they came in with undercovers and went to certain people and then wrote, you know, reports about those people shows you that they were on this totally wrong way of looking at it, first of all, and that they were going for a shock value, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. now nobody wants to work in the industry because they're like, fuck, I could get arrested if that, you know what I mean? Because yeah. who the hell wants a job where you can get a felony just for going to work, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that doesn't sound like a good be, idea. Be, being told what to do, you know? Yeah. What? Ooh, you want to talk about Sweet Leaf? Yeah, you want to jump in and talk about Sweet Leaf? Come on, let's get in here, Melanie. 
See, this is perfect because now you're here again. Like back. Nice just, to meet just scoot you. over. Just scoot over. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Sweet Leaf. All right. So anyway, you can yeah, just jump on in. Jump on in. Melanie Rogers back on the mic. You can Hi adjust there. the mic, make Hello. it nice and close. Hi you remember? Hi. Hi. Oh. I'm Jordan. Melanie Rose, nice to meet you. All right. So, yeah, we were just talking about, because he was saying, he he just moved here six months ago. So so for him, it's like, oh, wow, you guys are doing a great job. And I'm like, yeah, you know, kind of, but not really. And at the same time, you know, the idea that, that the first I was saying that the money that we were supposed to go back to schools doesn't really go to schools. It goes back to construction companies that build schools, and it goes into a slush fund that probably gets eaten up by a bunch of dudes driving Maseratis and being a douche. So you never, I mean, that's, there's no, no oversight on that. But then, then the idea now that they're actually trying to clamp down on, they're, they're, they're trying to kill the, the, their golden goose, you know what I mean, at this point, because they're like, oh, let's just take all this tax money out of the system because we're going to attack them and go after these low-level employees that are, like, not even allowed to get it. You're supposed to not get it. When you have an employee badge, you're not supposed to be responsible for the acts of the company. And the company told them that this is, you're allowed to do this because, by law, if you go into a place and you buy and it's per transaction and they don't have a system to check, who's not going to do that? It's like saying you can only go into the supermarket and buy, you know, one, you know, piece of fruit a day and you're, but we're not going to check but you know if you know, it's like of course you're going to go back and just keep buying more you're, you're like you're hungry so it's like the same concept we're just a little hungry for different things so tell us what you heard what you hear what you oh, hear yeah. on the street word on the street by the way um, so I, I think that <clears throat> at the end it's a very unfortunate situation for everyone in the industry and you know my point of view will always be from an advocate will always be from um, you know those 22 year olds that got felony charges that hopefully they didn't uproot their lives to come to Colorado to work in the industry. And well, most likely, them, most likely a couple of them, at least. At least half are probably oh, from I'm out sure. of state. <clears throat> I'm sure their parents are all happy about that. Like, I told you not to go out there and no, go I know. for the weed industry. And so. I think that is also just, um, you know, sets its back you know, a little bit. So uh, one thing I definitely wanted to take the opportunity to talk about um, is there's a benefit, a fundraiser benefit, um, for the Sweet Leaf employees. Oh. And that is, so I'm a part of that, I have to say. I um, saw Mitch Mendez, he's um, somewhere, uh, assistant general manager at a dispensary, just knowing someone who, you know, um, got one of those felony charges personally and well and also he, right before christmas oh it's like God. the timing is like the awesome. timing is awful it's like yeah let's, let's do it right before christmas and, and then- so mitch actually has been uh spearheading this and just as of four days ago i got involved um to help him from a grassroots organizing perspective marketing and it's really helping you know get the word out so actually today westward wrote an article about it so I don't know if we can put that up somewhere, but we can share that, I'm sure, with... Um, Do you guys have a website for the fundraiser? So right now, it's on Facebook, and it's called... And I have a graphic I can show you. I wish I had a poster. I can be back in two hours with one, but... Um, yeah, I'll do it later. We'll do it later. But um, it's tomorrow at iPuff Vape Lounge, which is uh, tomorrow at 3405 North Downing Street, and... This is really a drive for the employees that have been impacted by this. So if you were a family, and, and Mitch Mendez has actually reached out to these families who can't have um, clothes and toys that they wanted for their kids. I mean, four days before Christmas, 
300 people stopped working in the industry. And then, you know, due to our banking issues here, being in cannabis, there, there aren't those protections. So mm-hmm. I've even heard that, like, bonuses got, you know, withheld, funds were seized. And, you know, anyone that works in this industry knows that that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the general public knows. So it's great that this drive tomorrow is happening from 2 to 8 at the iPuff Fape Lounge. And you can come drop off food, cash donations. We even have heard, like, people, representatives at some of the reps of Sweetleaf have stepped up to bring gift cards for these employees. I mean, they just, like... You know, and then I think, you know, we're already stigmatized as an industry. And now with this, like, the opposition is eating it up. Oh, yeah. So the more that we can actually, like, be a community together and stand up for one another, um, you know, it's a win-win for us. It's, like, shed some positive light on this really unfortunate situation. And so that just happened. We just um, got some media outreach about that. But the primary goal is really to reach those that are in need. Because that's something that, like, I'm an, you know, an advocate, but I don't know anyone. I know a few people at Sweetleaf. We're actually trying to work with them to, so that they can let their employees know that this is there for them. As I'm sure, as you know, is like corporately, they have to prepare what they're actually going to do, what they're going to say. And it's not as easy as, you know, some community individuals saying, hey, we're here for you. Uh, come on out. Um, there's a lot of people that want to do something and don't know where to start. So we came up with this, the uh, email address to reach the team at if you want to get involved or if you are a Sweet Leaf employee is uh, community420cares at gmail.com. So we came up with that just so, you know, um, we can track the responses. Mm-hmm. We can that. And we also need some volunteers. This is a group of five people <laughs> pretty much now. Um, but we're growing. People want to help. The Sweet Leaf employees that right now that aren't working have reached out to me and they are very appreciative. And so really this is a grassroots other effort to just show that there's people that care and that as an industry we need to kind of support ourselves as well and, um, you know, have that responsibility. What's, so, so what is the deal, what is, what is the deal with um, That's it. The, uh, the fact that the owners, didn't they like now they drop the charges or something like that? Um. I don't. I can't. I'm not sure. I don't know. I heard they drop drop charges, but it's like at the same time, where that was it. One of the employees got his drop charges dropped, or something. Something happened. I, don't know, I thought you might have. Well, I might have had an update, man. Come on. Um, <laughs> you were just at the meeting. There were. I it was a meeting for the the advocate meeting. <laughs> you know. Like, I don't no, know. What's I good. No, I understand. But it is, it is like a crazy mm-hmm. idea that they would uh, target it, this one company. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me, and I'm sure a lot of other people, that what I've noticed in this whole industry is being driven now by is this, like, lobbyists and people just trying to, like, undermine each other. And that's what what you're seeing now because there's no way that they're the only guys doing it, 100% not, because we know it's not true. And then on top of that, again, it wasn't illegal. So they were, like, they were doing stuff within the legal parameters, and other people were, I think, I personally think other people were like, oh, they're just doing it a little better than I'm doing it. And let's fucking get somebody on the inside to just get this shit kind of rolling. And I, because it was almost too, too perfect in a sense, as far as like to go into every single place and to do all that. It's a lot of money. It's like a big investigation. There's like maybe a hidden conspiracy here. Of course. Of course. It's always, always a hidden conspiracy, but I feel like there's definitely other people that gained. I mean, right now other shops are crushing it. Oh, yeah. Because Sweetleaf, I mean, they literally had a pretty good chunk of the market because so many people I know 
would, you know, not personally know, maybe a few of them, but definitely I was aware of a lot of people that were, you know, just going there because of their, their they had decent quality and good prices, and it was just obviously loopable, I guess, <laughs> at that point. And there's only a few shops that even didn't allow it, and only because they were probably owned by ex-cops or something. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Usually, that's usually the case. Like, well, I'm an ex-cop, and I cannot break that rule, so whatever. Um, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, most, most, especially the bigger ones because they're more corporate-minded, mm-hmm. and the corporate-minded ones are the ones that were like, yes, there's a huge, gigantic loophole that we're going to run a tractor-trailer truck through it on a daily basis, you know, just fucking so as fast as we can. This was a year before long, it closes up. Yeah, and year-long investigation, as you saw. I mean, um, which, which is like, and the, and the worst part was like. You know, yeah, and I got to go back to the, went to the same guy. Oh, man, those guys are so stupid. It's like, no, again, you didn't have your rules in place right. properly. They are making 15 bucks an hour if, if you're lucky. You know, exactly, maybe 12 And so at the end of the day, it's not that they're getting a bonus every time someone comes through. The money's going right to the top anyway, so it's, it's, it's not like they didn't know. And they can see if they, you know... Well, if, they're, if they watch their own shop, were the actions taken also necessary? I mean, if they were breaking the law, I mean, if they're if it's a compliance issue or something that affect, I mean, why not just go and find the owners of an establishment like that mm-hmm. and say, look, I mean, we have these rules here and we have these compliancy things here for a reason. Um, it just seems like a pretty extreme measure to take when it could have just ended with a fine saying, hey, you know, mm-hmm. it, oh yeah, it could, and it, it, could, it could have been a big been handled. It could have been know? a big fine too. I'm yeah. sure they would have much rather had a, a million dollar fine. Then be closed before the holidays. You know what I mean? Right now they're yeah. losing and, that. And, every, and, they're losing and, that in in, in, in ruining people's lives. You ruining know? people's <laughs> lives four days before Christmas. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, even, even if they come out of this smelling clean, I mean, it's still going to leave a mark on somebody when they're you know looking for work, saying, "Hey, aren't you that guy that was in the news article?" And it's like nobody. I mean, you look at the mug shots of everybody there, and it's like. Nobody um, looks very happy. No, they don't. Oh, no, they gosh. don't. So. And, 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 nobody, then, and nobody looked like a kingpin either. No, right? no, see, like, these, oh, these, look, these look like kids. These look yeah. like guys I know and hung out with, went to school with, and things like that. Well, yeah, and a lot of them, <laughs> it was their first job in the industry. Right. It's yeah. their, last know, job in the industry. First unless, and last, yeah. You know, I mean, that's... When you risk, when we risk so much to be in the industry as well, it's really unfortunate that the, the lowest people on the totem pole, mm-hmm. you know, have this. And... You know, I will say one last plug about the event. There's going to be resources. I'm going to say I have been um, in contact with a lawyer that is very concerned and is willing to give some legal advice. And at this time, if I was 25, faced with a felony charge, just moved to Colorado, I would really want someone looking out for me. So please come out on uh, tomorrow from 2 to 8 at the iPad Vape Lounge. Even if you want to just get in touch with, you know, how to help drop something off, you know, be a resource. Um, if you're a Sweet Leaf employee, we want to hear from you as well. Um, so come on out because it is a start of more events. This isn't the only one. It's really just um, we're starting, you know, with just awareness and community gathering. Did you see that? Um, I forgot who, who put it out, but was it? they had that sweet deal on some leaf, and it was all in their tech, it was in their font. It was super, <laughs> super cheesy. Like, wow. yeah. I think it was Diego Pacier or something like that did it. It was like totally like <laughs> like really next, like the day after like oh yeah let's just take a little cursive writing and we'll use the word sweet and the word leaf in cursive and we'll do the rest in regular font and it'll say like get a sweet deal on some leaf at this day. I was like wow whoa bro. 
Yeah. Loop on through, it should have said. <laughs> Come on, loop on in here. Dude, even on our event page, someone commented, I don't even know, and it said, can we go in and out of, like, the event? And we at first, we're like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. We're like, yeah, you can do things. Right. But <laughs> Well, the thing is, that Colorado, the other disappointment that I had, now that you moved here six months ago, you'll, you'll slow. I mean, you're at, you're Welcome. At, <laughs> I, I, I'm new, so this is kind of, you know, the shock is where. But, it's, but it, it, actually, your timing isn't so bad, because maybe <laughs> while you're here, it'll actually evolve into something, but there hasn't really been a a good structure built yet for social use anyway so on top of on top of them getting in trouble at work i mean we kind of risk getting in trouble all the time whenever we just want to have a, a little meeting with hang out with some friends and all of a sudden if you're in like a business and then you're like you know you, you know you have to go follow the clean indoor clean air act and etc mm-hmm. it's like could you guys take the fun out of everything please you know what i mean it's like fuck yeah. but but when you so actually though but in the springs and you know there is clubs mm-hmm. yeah. and it seems like when you get outside of denver it's made way easier to put it together just because it's needed more because here they assume that we're just doing it anyway i think but nowadays we have some rules there's a few people who've applied but the, did you see the application that came? did you see the people who applied for the first one it was terrible it was like I heard it was, a, was it a coffee shop yeah but it was on vape only vape pen only i was like those, yeah, it's yeah, vape pens yeah. and edibles specifically. Yeah, I vape think, pens and the, edibles, <laughs> yeah. which you could do that anywhere. Right. I could do that at Safeway. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't, <laughs> meet exactly. me on, I could be like, meet me on aisle 14. We're going to have a vape and edible party. Nope. <laughs> and we wouldn't even have anybody come over and bother us. They'd just be like, we'd be like giggle, giggle, look what we're eating. Well, oh, this is so, we're getting away with murder. And it'd be like, what are you guys doing? Like, hello, can I help you? And I'd be like, no. I'd be like, you wouldn't cause a stir. The minute you light a joint up. Oh. Fucking mayhem, you know what I mean? It's it's like, and that's been so. That's the place that we need to have. Yeah. That's the most important safe place. Is like the place you can smoke really good weed that would get you in trouble anywhere else you go. You know what I mean? And that's otherwise we can all smoke vape pens and we can all eat edibles and we can all smoke weed that doesn't smell strong and pretty much get away with it anywhere we go anyway. Nobody's gonna care. But the minute you have really good weed, it's oh. like you're in trouble. You're so it's like really. Getting penalized for having quality weed—that's fucking lame. You know what I mean? It's like you want to, so yeah. so it almost makes it like harder to even find a spot. But I mean, that's and then to me that just seems like the no-brainer that is going to happen while you're here because it's mm-hmm. happening now-ish. It's funny too because I got like a call today from somebody who wants to start a club and they've got financing and they've got the location and you know we've sat in on other meetings with other people that want to start a club and it's like okay, mm-hmm. so you see it's happening. Oh yeah, and those people are all capable. So it's not like incapable people are asking. It's like actual capable people with money that are ready to go, okay, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But there's fucking no model to make money yet because at the end of the day, they don't want you to have food, you can't have alcohol, and you're not really allowed to – I mean, you can charge money, but I can tell you that's like a death nail. If you charge too much, nobody comes. It's just mm-hmm. tourists, and then you never get a vibe really at that point because you don't have any locals and you don't have any – like you know, you're you're reliant on people finding you, et cetera, and coming in once. And it's always like if you just paid money to go smoke weed somewhere, you kind of expect the world mm-hmm. at that point. Like, dude, I paid five bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, shit should be just there should be trapeze dancers <laughs> above my table. Should be like full circus soleil going on. Absolutely. Nothing. You got crap. Here's a crappy red solo bong and, and <laughs> exactly. And then that's the problem. Is most people can't afford to give them anything that make to make that uh, value right there. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, and if you invest enough money into the infrastructure, you might have something where people are like, well, okay, this is worth it. But you also walk this really weird thin line of like, if it's too nice, then you're like, well, so all this money's going just to this? You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, and you can't sell weed. So what the fuck? You know, it's like, ah. What'd be cool is if they would let you have like a vendor uh, on, on site from a legal shop, you know what I mean? Like, that'd be really cool. Like, you don't sell weed, but you allow a shop to sell weed there with their license, and you have to still be within the same parameters because you'd have to be a thousand. It, all those parameters are still in play because to open these clubs, you have to be farther than a normal dispensary. Mm-hmm. So twice as far as a dispensary. So and away you, from schools and preschools right. and like so many things. So since you're so far away from all those things and since you fit exactly the same fucking criteria at that point, and since you can't physically make money selling the cannabis yourself, just the fact that cannabis is available would make people come to your spot. You know what I mean? And then you would have a, like a flow. Instead of being like, yeah, come with your weed and smoke it and give me money. It's like, I don't know, that just sounds like... Would there be like maybe a way to get around that if dispensaries were able to offer like a voucher? I mean, obviously not a direct product, but if you, saying, hey, well, you know, we still got to verify your information when you come, but at least then they could bring Oh, this. you can do that, of course. But the thing is, it's more like, depends on location, you know what I mean? If you're like next door to the place, yeah, of course it makes sense. But a lot of times they're it's hard to find a place next to a place unless you actually own the buildings. And then like, so there's going to be a few guys who are like, Oh, this is perfect. I own eight dispensaries and I own the building and I own next door and I can just slap, you know, they they could, and that's the funny thing is, is like, that's the next battleground for Colorado is going to be dispensary owners trying to cock block everybody else so that they can't open up these clubs. Oh, it's happening. Exactly. So that, so that only they can, so only they can open them up and you're like, really? dispensary that's getting called out on social media for, trying to, isn't it Terrapin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. We'll call them out. Yeah. Call them out. (laughs) And and that's a monopoly people, (laughs) you know, give it to some of the little guys and and everyone trying to follow the rules and be an equal player player, you know? Yeah. Their idea is that we, they should be the only ones that actually can have clubs. And I'm like, really? So, the guys who sell the weed can have the clubs, therefore... I mean, like, come on now. Like, that would, yeah, that, might that as well give them transportation and, like, everything else, too. Delivery service. So, and so and I think it's, like, we haven't even begun to see the social use for Colorado sort of develop. Okay. And at the same time, now, Vegas is all down and all these other places are down. And I'm like, Massachusetts is ridiculous. I mean, they're even talking, like yoga centers can sell weed i'm like what like mm-hmm. that's nuts right there like that's that doesn't even that doesn't even make sense so get half a call half a boulder is going to move to fucking massachusetts now oops <laughs> they can do that like, i can sell weed into my yoga <laughs> and then juicing can we do cannabis juicing too mm-hmm. that's- and that's the thing is like um the that's where all the kind of uh positive things happen is when you're actually like making juice for somebody for the first time in their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can't do that legally here mm-hmm. anywhere. So at the end of the day, unless you do it at your house, like you do like little like, you know, Tupperware house, Tupperware parties with juicing or something. But yeah. that's kind of like... There's a few. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's doable because you can go to people directly to their home, do it, show Juicing them. leaves? Is that what you guys are talking about? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never never had juice before, actually. So it's, you know, what's, is it an experience? Mm-hmm. Something to take part in? Right. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's a lot like, um, it's a lot like wheatgrass. And the thing is, you don't use old, beat-up, nasty leaves. You use real tender. So that's the cool part about it and the part that makes no sense now in Colorado because they, they've now eliminated that for the, for the... Well, because you can't grow... Because the idea is you don't even want, like, heavily flowered stuff. You just want it to be in those first couple weeks of flower. 
It's a lot of CBN then, a lot of CVG, a lot of like non, it's not to the THC point. And it's, and you can take that, strip them off when, the, and the thing is you want to grow them totally with no sprays and obviously because you're going to be ingesting them. So you just, you want to grow them and take them when they're really young and tender, juice them. That's why I like, it's arguable that we need at least a hundred plant count if we're going to be, do that because exactly. you, you can't like That's... grow something for five weeks and juice it in one minute. You know, it's like, imagine if you can only have like, when you think about how much volume it takes to make juice of regular stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know, a whole bag of carrots. You're like, you can only have seven carrots a month. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But you're gonna, how am I going to do that? A juice them all in one. You're like, That's taking it. them in shots. <laughs> yeah. And so the same thing when you limit people on plants, when, especially when it's medical, I mean, shouldn't be, should just be based on, still based on patient, what they need. So, like, if a patient needs a juice shit, then they should have 100 plant counts exactly. so that they can have 100 little plants going at any given moment so they can be juicing one a day, you know what I mean? And then it takes 30 days. you got, like, you know, maybe even more. Maybe, I mean, two in one day. They could be growing autoflowers. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So they could be having some, some cannabinoid profiles that were a little more mature right out of the gate. You get trichome development early on, too, like within, uh, or is that, is it, that just, kind of it, it depends on genetics. Um, you know, I've seen some pictures of guys that say that, you know, things are barely going into flower and they just have frost all over the leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen other plants uh, where guys are, you know, a couple of weeks into flower and there's barely any frost or sugar on the leaves at all. Yet. And they're getting all paranoid. Uh, what's going on? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think it's also good when they don't go too quick because, they start to frost too early, then usually that means they're also going like, to... To me, that's the reason I kind of was always scared of autoflowers, too, is I hate when things uh, mature, like, in, it sometimes it's just like a fuck-up, you know what I mean? And you'll go like, what? Like, it was just setting itself up to do something awesome, and then it just, like, red hairs out on you, and you're like, wow, this is terrible, you know? I was like... So those are the ones that are... Have you grown any autoflowers recently, or no. any of the most recent genetics? Or, or even better, would you? Yeah, I would try. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those things now because of this, uh, because of the limited amount of plants that you can do now, it's also interesting to look at alternative ways of, uh, you know, things you wouldn't normally do. Like, like now it's like, okay, well, if I can only do 12 and like six in veg, I mean, it, it kind of uh, defeats the purpose. So, so in a way, like now it's almost like you kind of don't want to do autoflowers because of this. you want to be able to veg that fucker until it's so big. But what I've noticed is bigger the plant sometimes it's like really hard unless you're outdoors mm-hmm. to give that plant what it really needs and so like at a certain point you get grow them too big and then you get like less development than you would have if you just flowered them earlier yeah so i bet by auto flowers it kind of takes away that hesitation people have of flipping because people are always like oh it's gonna be if i just veg it another week it'll be even that much bigger and it's like actually there's like a diminishing factor when you get to a certain point it's like it peaks out and yeah. then you've gone past that yeah, it does take Point. does take a little bit of that guesswork out of the equation. Um, you know, the, the argument that I make there is that, you know, the thing with autos is because they do have that limited vegetation period that you have to be very careful with how you're growing. I mean, any mistakes, anything um, that the plant has to dedicate to repair time is time that it's taking away from that optimal growth to get you to that biggest yield possible. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I've had times where um, I flipped plants way earlier than I would have thought they were going to do anything. And, like, you know, maybe only, like, just barely showing that they're going into some some actual growth. Like, ah. <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, I've had times where those have been the best yielding plants I've had because they actually didn't have a chance to get all woody and hard. They just kind of like shot up tender and sort of like grew as they flowered, you know, much yeah. more. 
And um, you know, and again, I, it really does depend on the genetics. I mean, I, I what, hate to what's keep, your, yeah, keep well, going back here. That's fine. Um, what's your, give me like an example of what's what would be a rock solid autoflower that somebody who never grew them before who was oh, like, okay, right. I'm going to do this, and you don't want to fuck up and give them the wrong thing and have them come back and go like me. You um, want something that's like holy shit, killer weed. Uh, you know, I have to give a big shout out. I know they're uh, mentioned out here quite a bit, but Mephisto Genetics mm-hmm. um, is probably one of the biggest and hottest names in autoflowers right now. Um, you know, yeah, and what he showed yeah. me was like amazing as far as like looked like for yield wise and. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we, we were impressed. Well, and, and I've got some grower-submitted lab results here, and maybe we can get some pictures up here later on here. I don't know if the camera can catch these, but, you know, a lot of these results are testing in, uh, in 23%. Some of these are up to 25%, and these are autoflowers. Um, a common uh, complaint that I get, especially from photo growers, is, well, autoflowers are so weak, you know, they don't have the THC percentage that photoperiod strains have. Um, you know, I'm a consumer. I, I shop at dispensaries, medical and, and recreational side. Um, and the photo period by that we're getting from most of the dispensaries, at least out of Pueblo, I mean, um, I had some poison OG at home that has a THC rating of like 17.5% all the way up to 28% on the label. Um, so my argument there is like, well, what am I smoking? Is it 17% poison OG or the so when, 20 When he the says photo period growers, it almost sounds like a flat earther. Like, he's like, <laughs> you, you photo period growers. I'm like, wait, isn't that the normal period? Like the period it's supposed to be, bro? Like, I, I, you're like, you're like, I, I see no. this coming from the autoflower. <laughs> <laughs> Autoflowers well, are the, no, are, are the flat well, earth of <laughs> cannabis, I'd have to say. That's pretty uh, much what you can no, say. I, There's my, my statement of that's going to be the title of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just so people know. No, but it is, it is like interesting because it's the percentage of growers when you think about, you know, the millions of people out there that are growing, there's probably like, I'm sure people that focus really on autoflower, less than 1%, you know what I mean? Oh, For def- sure. Definitely. I mean, and um, that's, we're working on just creating the education on autoflowers. Um, my goal with this and the goal with Autoflower Network is never to make a case of, hey, let's replace, you know, your full cycle or a photo period plan. Do you, do you have, um, okay, so you've seen the guys who, okay, do you know, you've seen the whole, like, crazy photo period ideas that people have come up with oh. for normal photo periods of where it's, like, six on and two off and then another six on and then oh, yeah. Yeah, the gas and, and none of them really work really like um, as far as that i've seen like as far yeah. as like to the point where i go like that looks amazing and i can't believe that that's done like that we had a grower that actually has a fully documented journal on the mm-hmm. autoflower network forum um that did that the gas lantern routine where yeah. um you know it's just a weird mix of, of like, light cycles yeah like hitting um, them up just enough to f- pull he, them out he, of their thing he actually did surprisingly well with it uh-huh. now my, my argument when people ask because i've had that asked recently as well is like would you ever recommend that um no absolutely not I think it's good for experimenting, but for your average person, you know, you can kind of cut against the grain only so far before you're just, you know, just trying things out. We we know optimally that autoflowers grow um, with about 18 hours of light. Um, Now, is that a definitive amount of light? Absolutely not. It's going to change depending on your environment, the grower, the genetics. Um, I've seen plenty of grows actually grown out on 12-12. The buds yeah. look great, but is it actually growing optimally? Is that yeah? You know, I mean, I would wonder about that just because I would think maybe like a slightly longer than normal would probably be beneficial, but I don't think above a certain point is really gonna. Because I mean, I think I think at one point the plants do want to fucking rest. You well, know, because it's like absolutely, you know, and, and if if you really are growing like you're growing cattle and you don't give a shit and you're just docking them and sticking their necks in little machines and like 
fucking give me meat now and <laughs> if you're that kind of a grower then yeah. but I'm not and, and, so you know I'd yeah, be man, like there's products you... out there there's grow boxes you put the seed in you come back yeah. three months later I'm sure you yeah. see them so. I have a question so uh-huh. just so I, I you know because I know a lot about cannabis but the growing side not my you know don't uh-huh. have the green thumb um, not, yet. But not, not yet. yet not yet but so then this auto grow I'm, I'm trying to follow and um my notion from someone who has no idea what we're talking about is that it is a system that allows the plant to just grow by itself automatically? Uh, no, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a different product. Uh, okay. Uh, he's an autoflower guy. Um, what does that mean? So autoflowers are basically uh, cannabis ruderalis that's been hybridized with cannabis sativa or cannabis indica. Uh, ruderalis is um, yes. a plant in nature that will automatically flower out based on its genetics. So it doesn't follow your typical um, you know, 18 hours of veg or 12-12 if you're indoor growing or following the cycles or the seasons. Um, so it will completely flower out based on its genetics. So if it wants to start flowering at seven days old from seed, it will. And then See, I mean, it would be the only thing that would grow on a flat earth, actually, would be, it would be, <laughs> would be that kind of plant. Because it'd be the sun just kind of going around in a circle when you actually think about it. Because you know, even though they say it's because it's far away, it's dark. But, you know. <laughs> and then the other, the other, if you're not auto, your photo. Is that right? Exactly. Some, exactly. Like photo period would be your, your normal growing. Okay. Uh, um, and then autoflower just means it picks it like so like usually what between like the fourth and sixth week it's sort of it's, or depending yeah, on the strains yeah, there's or about maybe a f- uh, four to five week veg period it can go longer if there are you know longer ones called super autos which it's a marketing term basically saying that hey these veg and uh, flower out longer than your typical autoflower does um, that's typically where you're starting to see some of these larger yields from the plants so. Um, it doesn't mean that your fastering, flowering, uh, autoflowers won't yield or be good yielders. Um, mm-hmm. But what these breeders are doing, they, they understand that, hey, autoflower growers still want to see these are autoflowers, by the way. Oh, great. Thank they, you. They can't grow green. That's the only problem. Yeah, they, they're, they're all black and white. They only that's grow the only, black and white. only downside of autoflowers. Yeah, yeah, zero not, color. They don't grow in color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought these in Polaroid. It's fine. No, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> we, we can see. It's sometimes, sometimes black and white is easier to sort of I, see what's I, going I, on. I sent digital copies to your tech guy but oh, he nice. told me you guys couldn't put them up yet we'll so. put them up at the end we'll put them at the end <laughs> that tech guy who's that is that him around, so. oh my god that's we're, we're in <laughs> he, bad shape if he, he's, he, he told me that's his job if so. kti is a tech guy it's like wow like, <laughs> anyway but uh uh, well, no, sometimes with black and white, it's almost like when you're looking at a grow room and it, when, when it's night, like when you go in at night and look mm-hmm. with just quickly, yeah. with a little, you know, look, you actually <laughs> see more what's going on than if you go in when the lights are all on, it's like all, you're like, all right, kind of blends all in. And um, what I, I want to emphasize, though, is that when we talk about autoflowers um, from like a commercial standpoint, what you would look online or, or try to find if you wanted to grow them from seed. Um, they're not typically fully ruderalis. Everyone, yeah. I kind of talked about this before. Everyone jumps into Google and they're like, autoflowers, ruderalis. And mm-hmm. they Google, Google ruderalis and like, I don't think I want to grow this. Yeah. Um, autoflowers on a commercial level, level today are hybridized. So, I mean, we're trying to get that autoflower trait and then we just want those photo period characteristics. So, um, as far removed from ruderalis as you can get as a breeder, you're probably better off from a commercial standpoint, or at least well, from you know, a viable. When I was working at Sensi Seeds, they had a uh, ruderalis indica, which was the best deal in the world because it was 30 seeds for like 20 guild or, or 20 euros, and it was or 25 euros. It was real cheap, like the cheapest thing on the menu, and it was Northern Light Number no. Five times ruderalis. So it was literally like the best plant in the world. Crossed with the fucking worst plant in the world as far as like you know just generally speaking is, but 
but the idea was that when you got them, you got about 25% of them would be completely on the n normal photo period and leaning yeah. hard on the northern light. What year was that about? 89 to, well, no, that was actually a little later. That was uh, 91, maybe. 91, okay. Like yeah. And uh, so... But it was like one of those things where I I always knew it was because it was one of the Ruderalis is actually the one that they had was gnarly. It was like uh, really heavy serrated leaves and, you know, they were real like straight and thin, but okay. kind of like, you know, weird, like definitely like evil looking, like one of those plants. And so you could see it coming through the cross all the time. And it was actually, you know, hardy. Like we were, you know, just all those little things that was like, yeah, it would grow in the fucking worst conditions and did what it's supposed to do. But the ones that didn't have a like photo period sensitive, the ones that were uh, true ruderalis, were the worst of the bunch. You know what I mean? And then they, they looked okay, but they, and then you get like twenty five percent that were leaning on that side that still had enough. You know, it's just like, you, but you could have hit and miss. That's why you had thirty seeds. So you get five good ones out of them. Yeah, and, and now with auto flowers that we see in the market are fully auto flower for the most part. I say, uh, for the most part, stick with reputable breeders. Stick with people that know their stuff that have been around. Um, that's a great way to avoid disappointment. Um, we know that a lot of people are growing for medicine. They don't have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, and that autoflowers are actually an appeal for that. I mean, Ruderalis by nature, a little lower in THC, obviously, but it is higher in CBD. So there is some medicinal benefit there, and there's some mm -hmm. uh, appeal for that from the medicinal side. Um, but if you are going to or are interested in autoflowers and you're looking to purchase them and things like that, just go with somebody who actually has a reputation. That's my number one advice I can give to people. Because um, the number one thing I see from people is where'd you get these seeds from? Oh, some guy on Facebook gave them to me. That's not a great place to go for seeds. I'm yeah. sorry. That's like the worst place to go for seeds. Unless it's a company representing and they've got a website. And again, you can kind of go through those vetting process to say, mm -hmm. hey, um, you know, this is going to be worth it. Well, my I mean, money. it sounds like you guys have a good. If you have 25,000 members, that's a good base of uh, sort of knowledge just because, again, like Autoflower is really based on uh, a lot of hype. So I'm sure there's a lot of rip-off artists out there who are just like, they don't care if they sell seeds and it doesn't autoflower because it's not their problem and yeah. it's not in their house. Well, and we sort through them and, and we and tell sure, people. Yeah, you know, I'm, sure you guys, I'm sure you guys would run into the same, if you see the same guy doing the same thing, then you're like, okay, well, it's pretty obvious that this guy's been full of shit. So then it's... Uh, I'm sure a valuable resource to get, because I mean, again, like I think in the cannabis industry, we've always done that, but now there's so many, like, you know, carpet bagger sort of guys getting involved who don't care. They're just like, yeah, whatever. They, no, yeah. Widgets. they don't care. They don't smoke. Well, it's they, widgets. You know what I mean? Get those widgets out every day, and it's like they're not looking at the weed. That you know, like even I know for a fact, like the guys from Live Well and those kind of shops, they don't give a fuck. I mean, they literally said we just give them the cheapest and the strongest that's all they want you know and it's like okay guys whatever if that's what you think i mean yeah they don't care what it gets sprayed with they don't care what it you know comes down and then it of course they get shit that, out of that, stuff that's how i feel like it's presented to me as a consumer it's like here's the low end stuff here's your 30 plus percent you know um and i argue with people it's like don't make thc like so much your focus in terms of what you're looking for with those medicinal benefits it's um, a balance i mean it, it's always like you can get stuff that's nine ten twelve percent but it happens to be like 9, 10, 12% CBD, and it's all like, oh, okay, well, that shit works. Bang, really right, good. Exactly, and it, it depends on the person, the physiology. I mean, everyone's a little bit different. Um, some of the most fire stuff I've ever had has been testing around 17% on the label. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm a fairly heavy cannabis user, so. Well, you know, and the thing is, a lot of times with the higher THC strains, they're, it's like a, 
doesn't really translate to the to the high every time. It's kind of like it's very disappointing when you hear when I mean, you expect it to be like thirty percent, right? Nothing. Occasionally, though, it'll, it will be. Oh you know, yeah, it'll oh. be up there. And then when it does, it's like really uncomfortable anyway. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, that was. Am I having fun anymore? Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of times with people with weed, they are kind of caught off guard when they finally get. Their bell rang, you know. I was like, "Bing!" Like, "Holy shit!" Oh, I forgot weed was that strong. Mm-hmm. But it's only if you quit for like a week or something like that. You can't like once you're in the mode, it's very hard to get caught off guard. Like, even in at the Emerald Cup or anything, I'm walking around. It's like, mm, you know, there's occasionally something that, like, whoa. But then it always comes from like like Mo or something. <laughs> so it's always like, <laughs> damn! Out of all these people, it's from my boy. And I was like, ah, oh. what's it? Not disappointing because it's good because it comes from our in-house, but it's like, really, that's weird. You know, like, not enough. There's just not enough variables still. Um, so, besides Mephisto, who's our top dogs in your like? Give us your top five, let's say. I would say Dutch Passion. Um, I work pretty closely with Tony from Dutch Passion. Um, you know, there's yeah, Dynafem's another one. I, you know, a lot of people talk about these guys as being the Walmart of seeds. Um, well, yeah, they put out some numbers for sure, and they've always they've always advertised big. Uh, and they've definitely, always... they, they, they've got they've got a system. They've got people that work for them. Um, as far as their genetics go, I've actually grown out quite a few of both Dynafem and Dutch Passion. Um, I think it's pretty solid stuff. I mean, everything I've grown, I've never been disappointed with the mm-hmm. point where I would never not recommend that to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Dynafem specifically has been doing a lot of high CBD strains, especially with autoflowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're the kind of person that's looking for a high CBD or a CBD-rich strain yeah. and wow. in the autoflower form, definitely check out Dynafem. Um, we've got bomb seeds. We've got, uh, let me just think of the list here. Um, you know, every Probably every month we get another breeder or two that wants to come on and do testing with us. Um, and a big shout out to anybody there that does breeding. We actually have, uh, with our testing program, we bring you on for 100% donated product. There actually is no monetary cost to come on for the first year with us. Um, you know, bring your wares. If you guys want to see this stuff tested in the hand of growers and get some real feedback from people, um, you know, the one thing about the Autoflower Network, you know, we've got 25,000 members, but they're not just guys that get on. It's a community. Um, and when you're looking at a community and people coming together, there's some trust that gets built there. And when our growers are testing out these products, these are the guys that have been doing this for years and years. We're not just grabbing some bum off the street and say, hey, you want to grow some pot with this $3,000 light? Right. Um, but instead, we get guys that have some rapport. And so, you know, you're getting some honest and real feedback. Um, and our testers are pretty brutal. Uh, these guys will email me and message me constantly saying, this sucks, or, you know, I don't like this. What do I do? Or maybe something happened with it. Um, and I always say, just be honest with it. I mean, we're trying to give people honest feedback so they're not wasting their money. Um, you know, if I spend money on something, I want to make sure I'm getting the best value for the buck and it's going to do what it says, not what, you know, some sales guy is trying to sell me. Because um, there's a lot of really good salesmen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really just trying to cut through that and build that rapport with people that, you know, you can come to us for good, honest information. Um, you know, we do, we do work with readers. We want to try to help them get better. Um, you know, we try not to take sides with people. We've actually given a lot of feedback to companies. Um, Mars Hydro is actually a great example. They were shipping out lights that had, um, you know, it said LED grow light on the side of it. And, the, you know, their logo itself kind of looks like a pot leaf to some people. Um, they, we raised a huge stink about it. There's a number of growers that said, hey, I just ordered this. This came to our door. Um, they actually said, well, look, we got all these shipping boxes. We can't do anything about it. But what we can do is try to put, actually put the shipping labels over the stuff that you guys don't want to see. And they did. They actually listened to what we suggested to mm-hmm. them. So 
Um, you know, it's minor impacts. They're not major things, but I do think that there is a way for growers themselves to actually get their voices out there. I encourage people, be vocal about it. Don't be a dick about it, though, because nobody listens to that guy. Um, oh, yeah. And I got this one still, but yeah, grab me one again. Um, yeah, no, it's good. And I think it's, uh, it's important to sort of do honest uh, feedback too, which mm -hmm. nobody has anything to be gained from it. They're just sort of like, throw, you know, especially uh, because I've, you know, I've, I've gotten people go, oh yeah, try this light, try that light. But it's really hard because if you're, if you're doing a lot of stuff, it really just gets lost in the shuffle. You know what I mean? We, we but, try to limit how much new things are introduced into, you know, somebody's grow setup. Because, again, there's so much with the testing that's subjective. Um, you know, you can look at the results and you can pick apart almost anything saying, well, you know, this is why this was successful. I mean, you know, if you're a 20-year grower and somebody hands you something that you never used before, that you can have... Yeah, you have a little curve. Everybody exactly, has a learning curve. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you well, especially know, with lights, I've had it weird where I've been like... I get them and I think they're good, and then like about a month later, I think they're shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh well, that my because the plants just go through these phases. Like at first, they totally look like they're good, but of course, they just came from another yeah. zone, and maybe they're appreciated. And I've had other times where they've gone like the reverse, where you know you like really okay, wow. these are all brand new bulbs and things, and their yeah. plants look terrible. Put them back in another environment and pull their back up again, so you know it's exactly that problem. Even going from like uh, you know HPS lighting to LED, my first experience with that, I was not impressed at all. I was like, this sucks. I was like, I don't understand the hype behind all this. Um, but it was the purpley ones, right? It was. It actually it was a Mars Hydro unit. Um, you know, and as time went on, I started to learn the technology more. I started learning more about the spectrums. Um, and, you know, the advantage that I have is I get to work with all these different companies and see all these different things. I, you know, there's not a sales pitch into the sun. I don't think I've heard yet. Um, but we get to work with these guys. We actually are doing some prototype testing for a couple different companies that are trying out some different spectrums. Uh, Timber Grow Lights has, um, they're going to be sending out some cob lights, testing out two different spectrums to kind of see how auto flowers will react under those spectrums. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Vivid Grow is another company we do testing with. They've got a, a new... Um, it's a, a grow bar, like an LED grow bar, um, but it's a T5 replacement, and it just barely draws any energy. You can almost plop this thing on top of the plants, and mm -hmm. you know the grower that they sent it to is just growing these amazing plants, and he's filling a five by five area with about 450 watts of you know lighting, and it's filling it, and it's you know almost perfectly homogeneous light spread. Um, so from a, a standpoint of that, I'm sorry. Just hit the um, button. Hit the button. <laughs> okay. So, so hit the button. just from that standpoint, mm -hmm. I mean, we get to see a lot of different technologies come through, and you know, ultimately, we're trying to help guys make a better product for growers because you know we're growers, we're home hobbyist growers, we're not necessarily commercial scale growers. Um, you know, the majority of the growers that we represent are you know the home hobbyist. So um, when these guys are bringing this technology out, if you can fill a five by five with literally 500 watts less than what people tell you, you know, you need a thousand watt light in there. Well, yes, we've got results literally showing you some pretty fantastic results saying that it doesn't have to be that way. Now, is that a recommendation to say you should just jump out and jump ship with these companies? No, it, but what it does say is that there is some proof and is documented that these lights actually potentially could replace some, you know, high-intensity discharge lighting and things yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, I think that the, there's still, I mean, we're, like, not quite there uh, with LED. We're getting there. We're getting close. There's some good ones on the market. I still think when you get the full-spectrum ones, then they seem to be, like, night and day. But the I had the weird experience with those, too, where I had this, these lights uh, from... Uh, uh, I can't even remember the name of the company because they went out. Of, well, they didn't go out of business, but my friend doesn't work for them anymore, so somehow I forgot the name of them. Oh, well. 
but they were <coughs> very, very cutting edge, and they were, uh, you know, they were like, oh, these are the shit quarter watt bulbs, you know, like instead of having like five watt big ones and trying to make it all because it got hot. Yeah. Big ones. The whole thing about LED, I think, is that to get the amount of light we need, you need so much cooling that now you've created more heat with yeah. the cooling of the light than you would have with the growth of the light of the other one. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you go, eh. That was my experience with that Mars Hydro panel. They sent me the largest panel they had at the time for testing. Um, and, you know, coming from a 1,000-watt HPS, it was almost every bit as hot as that 1,000-watt. And I'm like, and what made it worse is that there's really no good way to do inline cooling with it. I mean, yeah. you can't just hook it up to a duct like you normally would. So you've got right. to kind of change up the way your system is. And Yeah, no, um, the, 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 the drivers were creating more heat than mm. the bulbs were. Yeah. So you could put your hand under the bulbs. Oh, and yeah. like, oh it's nice yeah. and cool. But then you go over here and be like, fuck, it's hot. The whole yeah. room would get really hot because it had all these motors to drive them. So I think... And if you think about the technology, it's like a normal light with an arc uh, kind of light is basically like pretty damn efficient now. Like you can run a thousand watt, put your hand on it, doesn't get that hot. All the heat's coming off that bulb, and when you but when you get like a Gavita or EPAP or any of these open, they're fucking hot. You know, they're putting out a lot of heat, but yeah. they're also putting out a lot of light. And you can throw them up really high. There's like you know, there's all the benefits are there, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think LEDs. You're just gonna like need more of them. Technology is gonna change. It's like you're buying like a bunch of iPhones, and now you're like, fuck, gotta <laughs> now I gotta buy all new ones. Like you know, yeah. especially when it comes, you don't want to go with lighting more than every five years. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you do that, you're gonna be like a waste of money. You know what I mean? Like really? So yeah. no, get a good five years out of each technology run, and then all of a sudden you're like, you want to have what the new kids have. Yeah. No, there's definitely, I mean, you know, the argument with a lot of the older growers is, hey, this is tried and true, um, and they don't want to make that switch. And I think what happened is that, you know, when a lot of these newer LED companies came out several years ago, they were, you know, they were making these advertising claims saying these will replace your 1,000 watt. That, in fact, they still do it. Every company out there says this will replace this, this, and this. Um, when the reality is, is that, you know, when you look at it on paper, there's like, there's no way this can actually do this. Um, and then growers get them, and then they're disappointed, and then literally, you know, the internet is such a brutal beast that, you know, they give that feedback on it and say, LEDs suck. And so for years, literally, people were being fed really crappy lights with all these bogus claims saying this is going to replace this, this is the next, you know, this is the next big thing. Um, you know, it was the next big thing, but it needed technology to catch up with it, and it hasn't done that quite yet, but no. it's starting to get there. I think we're close. I think we're close, and I think, uh, you know, the claims, well, the, key, the key to the way I look at it is how much power are you taking in? How much space are you covering with that light, and what kind of yield are you getting back? You know, it's yeah. just like kind of like those are the they're your parameters. And if you go like gram per watt, uh, it's pretty simple when you think about like as far as like if I get a thousand watt light and I get over the, you know I get more than a thousand grams, and then I'm getting over a gram per watt, then it doesn't really matter if you take that light and it gets save a bunch of power on the area if you're not getting a yield. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times you'll get like a um, it's amazing if you look at the back of it, you're like, oh, it's a 400 watt. I managed to get 450 grams. I got like maybe a little bit over a gram per watt or maybe even less sometimes. Sometimes only get. Then all of a sudden you're like, well, well, fuck, I should just go back to that because the technology, again, is, is going to change. And so you don't really want to be on the bottom end of that. We know exactly where those H with the double end is at. I mean, they're not going to be, they're about the, as, as you, you know, they might get a little more efficient, but five and a half square feet. We'll stack them in, you know what I mean? Are you guys familiar with like hob lighting, chip on board? 
Is that like a LED lighting? Like just being able to flip them back like forth like this? Or? Um, no, it, it, visually they look like the cups. They've got like a, a cup reflector on them. It's a chip on board cob lights. Um, I'm going to give you guys your prime example here. Uh, big shout out to Jim with CobShop.net. He's going to love this plug. Um, but he's got a 55 watt um, cob unit. It's an LED cob. It's actually called the Auto Cob. We actually tried to make this kind of a business thing between us here when he first got going. He got to start on AFN, mm -hmm. um, but it's incredibly efficient LED lighting. Um, as far as the technology goes, I mean, you guys will have to do some reading on that. There's plenty there. I'm not trying to make an argument for or against um, whether it's better technology. However, compared to like the, your three watt and your five watt diode LEDs, mm -hmm. um, comps can be up to what 20 to 25 percent uh, more efficient in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, so, from an efficiency standpoint, you're still getting that same spectrum. You're providing more usable light with less of that energy being wasted as heat. Okay. Um, now, again, I'm not trying to make a case for you know, is this you need to throw more in there? In my experiences, seeing this stuff, you actually can get the same results, if not better results. And you know, again, this is subjective because there's so many variables that goes into even grams per watt. When people say, I've got two grams per watt, and I was like, you're growing hydro? Because you know, mm -hmm. compared to a soil guy or somebody who's growing in some lesser medium, I said, you know, there's kind of some advantages you may have just depending on even sure. something small like that. Yeah. Um, but with the efficient lighting, I, I do think that um, we are seeing a step in the right direction where, you know, light. The spectrum is getting more on par. We're starting to kind of understand more of what cannabis likes. Um, now, is, it a, is the units that you're talking about are they adjustable, or they have a sort of set set? Program, well, they, they're set. They're set spectrum. Um, typically, like 3500K is kind of the uh, spectrum um, that most growers will use um, from start to finish with autoflowers specifically. Um, now, if you were going for something a little more specific for veg or flower, um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily go with that spectrum itself. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of down the road, that's what we're seeing people using with this cob lighting. Um, definitely check it out if you guys aren't familiar with it. I do think that um, it's definitely a promising technology. We're seeing more and more people kind of jumping on board with it. Um, and I also think that it's going to start to see more of a face in commercial application as well for greenhouses, simply because um, it's incredibly efficient. You can actually get the plants a little bit closer to the light. Mm -hmm. um, and if the results are coming back, that you're still getting that grams per watt or even more grams per watt with a more efficient light. I mean, what's isn't that kind of a no-brainer to use something that's literally giving you the same, if not better, results, but actually drawing less less yeah. wattage yeah it just has to, it has to do that and the thing is it's one of those deals where if you can cover if you if, and it all comes down to your coverage too because of course if you're like talking about yeah you know if you have to now grow in this tiny little parameter because it doesn't throw down as much and that's that's yeah. the key is a lot of times it's like the light might be good if you're setting right below the bulb and you're checking it with your meter at that moment in time right there but when you start talking about out here and really like if it's easy well, and efficient and stuff like that. And, and again, that really just depends on your lighting manufacturer. Um, you look at a, a lighting company, Grow Northern, I mean, they use um, optical diffusers and things like that to achieve a more homogenous light spread. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the technology is definitely advancing. People, you know, they want to give us a better product, it, whether it is a better product or not. I mean, that's up to growers, mm -hmm. you know, like you and me to decide. Um, you know, but it, the technology is really going to depend on, on where that light's being spread out. Um, with LED companies, I mean, you see a lot of guys saying, well, you know, look at what you're achieving right underneath this light at the center. Well, you know, how many people grow a plant just right underneath the light? Like you say, I mean, once you get off towards the edges of the plants, 
uh, or the edge of the tent, I mean, you're, you're, the lights drop off. But with a lot of lights, you can actually see like a, this diminishing um, light spread. You can actually watch as it darkens. Mm-hmm. Um, and these manufacturers are like, oh, so fill a 4x4 four four or 5x5. Five five. Well, yeah. it doesn't. Um, yeah, but- I mean, it depends a lot on your plans. It depends on a lot of how many, you know, if you're, I think it was with LEDs is that I always think of them still as, you know, like if you put a room that's over like, you know, 10 by 10 or you know, bigger and you're actually using LEDs, you're kind of like getting, they get to that diminishing factor of like, like, oh shit, well, I've just spent $30,000 on a room where I could have spent six. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you, you have to make up for that factor right well, out of the gate and you probably won't, you know what uh, I mean? Absolutely. And I do so think that there's an vulnerable. argument, you know, coming from, again, we represent home hobbyists. So when we come into that mentality and we're, mm-hmm. we're kind of looking at the growers from that aspect. So, yeah, so an intent um, you know, a my, couple, I mean, LEDs and tents definitely make sense in the sense of like most people's actual you know really on point of their you, you know power usage like in holland i was ridiculous i had a one i had one 16 amp fuse that i could work with and that was it you know what i mean that was like the whole house it sounds like my exactly like my house right now <laughs> every so time was, we turn the grow light on we're blowing something and so, so i was like literally like oh my god i'm walking on a fucking tightrope here with everything like can't do that if you do this and you Definitely don't do the wash. You know, it's like my, certain... my wife is laughing right now. She's listening to you. <laughs> yeah, it's reality of uh, of how life is as a grower. Right. Like you, you sacrifice <laughs> some things sometimes. You know, yeah. you're like, convenience is definitely one of them. It's yeah. like the convenience of knowing that you can actually plug in a certain item at a certain time without you fear t- of actually you, you, taking you down t- the whole take that for granted the whole grid when you're, like, you're running uh, large amperage. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we used to have it in Holland because you wouldn't. You couldn't really, you know, people played games there too, for sure. I mean, there was, you know, the old stop the meter game, or you know, there was all all these different ways of uh, avoiding paying lots of money. But as far as actually like bringing in new power and stuff, it was like because it was still illegal there. You know, it wasn't like now here and you could just call up and you're like, ah, I need more. You know, okay, that's great. But back in the day, it was like, fuck, how are you gonna get more? You know, and it was like if you had, you could triple phase something, and you could, you know, there was ways of getting more power if you could and there was you know guys doing some crazy shit over there where they would you know digging trenches and stealing shit off of the power lines and like <laughs> underground stuff you know because it was like Holland is definitely a patchwork of uh, things like that happening all over the place and uh, you know the, but the grid there was really pretty fucked up too because you were you know below sea level in houses that were falling apart half the time and you'd be plugging and shit and it was like you looked at the wires behind the walls and you'd be like dude i can't even believe i use <laughs> I, that you know? i haven't started the fire yet basically <laughs> yeah it was like really like 30 years old and old funky and just like oh my god and there's houses like that everywhere there was but um you know i think nowadays people don't really realize the the growing struggle people went through especially when they're trying to do some sort of scale because you know you have to get real creative it was, not, it was not like you could just call up and say hey you know throw down a couple more boxes they'd be like whoa well and you know the beauty we have today is the internet where i mean everything's just a couple clicks away you know and um but that's also a dangerous thing because you know there's so much misinformation out there yeah um and i think that's important and so we're trying every day to add more right. on the Adam Dunn show. <laughs> misinforming you since uh, 2012 <laughs> no you know it's like uh it is it is the I mean, people are taking a lot of stuff on the internet for granted uh, as far as as being the truth. And, you know, that's half the battle of what we try to do, too, is just kind of before it gets out of totally out of control, because it sort of is already, but, you know, slightly out of control. But before it gets totally out of control, we've been like kind of done that, 
you know that idea of like okay let's just sort of like get the get to the bottom of a few things or clarify a few things i mean one of the things with auto flowers i think has always been like my fear of the the the, the tiny little lowrider style work because i mean like it's funny too because gordon from uh, ethos he he was doing some when i first came here he was into auto flower stuff and i went to his house and he's like shows me this thing and i was like half excited and then i, I was like wow it's literally the size of a coke bottle it was like it was, it was like that big and i was like fuck you know i was like they've it's evolved cute. Now and i was like it's just... cute but fuck it, it, it's not this anymore yeah. i mean yeah. you can still find this and you mm-hmm. know what this actually does appeal to a number of people out there they want to be able to grow um just a small amount of herb mm. um in dwarf plants i mean you can find dwarf plants that actually are a lot higher in thc as well um, but it does appeal to some people who, in apartments, things like that, that yeah. might micro-grow and, and to that effect. Yeah, I like it for aesthetics. It's cute. But or, 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 you know, that's not cute, though. That's yeah. that's a lot of weed right there, and that's an autoflower, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can if yeah. you want to be the dwarf grower, if you want to grow out literally 1,000-plus grams from one auto yeah. in about 100 days or so, yeah. um, you know, there are options there, too. But it, this this is also proof that, you know, you have to be a good grower because mm-hmm. this, this is a master grower. This is work of master growers right here. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's I mean, knowing your condition, the whole thing to me is, is if the plant is preconditioned to do that, and you can actually put it under, you know, any light regimen that you want. Well, there's an advantage to that, obviously, grower grow wise, because I mean, you can choose, to, you can actually veg in the same room technically then as you're flowering and save that whole double room capacity oh, for where sure. I mean, it, there was a lot of things that you know, it, it's not it's not meant as a replacement for photo periods. I think it can be. Um, you know, can feel the need for some growers if they don't have the conditions to grow out a mother plant and things like that, do clones. Um, and for some people that grow photos, you can grow these right alongside it. You can actually veg these out 18-6 and then throw them on 12-12 if you yeah. want to finish them with the rest of your plants. And they'll actually finish out probably faster, just as fast as your mm-hmm. clones in flower. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's some viability there. Um, I think even on a commercial level, um, you know, I think, uh, what is it, uh, Los, what is it, the farm oh, in Los Venos? Yeah, they supposedly, don't quote me on this, but they supposedly are starting to grow some autoflowers as bumper crops themselves. Where is that? Um, it's in a what? Uh, it's in Pueblo, uh, right by the Chemical Depot. It's right by the Chemical Depot. So it's a dispensary down there? or it's a uh, I think Oh, no, they're a big, com- it's a commercial farm. Okay. So a big fence around the area here. I'm trying to, I'll try to get them on the phone here and see if we can get that verified, but... Nice. Um, well, I mean, the thing is, uh, it'd be, it's obviously interesting for outdoor because, you know, if you can... If you can uh, have things that are on a certain regimen, then you can actually put it on. You know, once you know the crop and you know the plant real well, and you're like, all right, it's this many weeks, bam. There, it's a lot easier for a lot of people to put their mind around it than to tell somebody to, you know, when it, when and if it's going to happen because it's one of those things when you're uh, growing any strain outdoors, you're really on that like, you know. Fuck! I'm on their schedule. Um, now I'm on this schedule. That's the unknown schedule. And then if you do it a few times, obviously you can in the same place. You can nail it down. But it's also like uh, take that to another location. And how much variables do you think is that happening with in the auto flyers? Like a lot of variables between uh, where it's at, depending or, on like finishing times, or is it like? Um, well, think? it just depends on the amount of light time. Um, I actually had a commercial. A grower out of Alaska asked me um, some recommendations on what they should grow for the commercial op, and 
um, two of our administrators with AFN, one lives in Alaska, another one lives in Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said both, I mean, autos actually thrive up here, whereas, right. um, you know, normally we get our first frost or our first snow and things like that, or photo periods would die off. The autos actually mm-hmm. typically survive through that, whether you attribute that to the ruderalis nature or not, you know, you could probably argue that. But, um, you know, they thrive in a lot of areas where typically they wouldn't. I think that's a huge benefit for people. They'll flower out on, on eight hours of light. You know, if that's all you've got for them, what is that optimal? You know, again, you know, we, we see documentation that says, well, if you want optimal growth, you need to give them more light hours. But depending on where you're at, this may fill a need if you can't go full cycle with. You know, like lines. in normal photo period types, um, I always tell everybody about 16 hours uh, in, is enough in veg, you know, a little like as far as like optimal like time, like anything, because usually there's a fade in, fade out time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's kind of like, those last, so like that first hour and that last hour, you could just put on fluorescent lights and not really worry about it, and the plants would be fine. And then I usually used to use that as my work time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, okay, I'll go in there for an hour, just turn those on and do some work, and then not be having all the lights on. And then um, they kind of liked it in a way because they already taken, I mean, they're already taking a rest anyway. And I think after like six hours of direct sunlight outdoors is enough to like kind of keep a plant going life sustain life let's say it's not optimal is this your buddy calling in oh. didn't even know i was like that's not my phone is it <laughs> no welcome to the adam dunn show who we got yeah it's 4 20 it's 5 20 yeah, it's good good timing Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. I figured, I figured that might have been the case. I was thinking that earlier. I was like, hmm, I wonder if he's taking into to account the actual time frame. So, What's going on, Mr. Bean, man well, on the scene? Well, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm sick, man. I got beat up from, from going coast to coast like butter and toast. That's how I've been doing this last couple of weeks. It's, uh, I'm sick. I'm yeah. sick, though. I got the, I got the, I don't think it was the cup cough. I didn't smoke enough with the cup, but definitely the cough. You got the, you just got the cough, not the, not the, uh, the benefit of smoking enough at the, the cup, you're saying? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, kind of Damn. No got short end of yep. the stick, my friend. So we've been, uh, sure. chatting with Jordan, uh, about autoflowers. And so, you know, his, uh, his group that he works with is like 25,000 strong of autoflower lovers. So, He's really got his. Uh, just, just, he's got his. Uh, I was chatting with Mitch. Which with one? Mitch over Mephisto. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, Mitch. Yeah. Mephisto. So I was asking him because uh, see if he could be on or whatnot. But um, I, I I didn't realize that that he, he said that that's where they do most of their 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 form work. I guess that's a really good form for them, and they've been uh, they've seen a lot of positive results out of, out of it. So. Well, there you go. So exactly what we were talking about earlier. So uh, it's nice because he's doing a lot of the. Get it, get it out to people, you know, donations and try, check them out and all those, all those things we talk about that people just don't do enough of, right, James? So there you go. It's, well, it's, it's definitely funny. Like if you, if you go back and watch the show where I first brought on Darren last year and like I told him, I was like, okay, don't tell people you do autoflowers in Colorado, bro. Like, it's not, it's not. <laughs> but, but, no. but, like, you're not going to win a lot of friends. But, no, but no you don't, man. <laughs> But, but but then when it, when they picked me up and I went and looked at his at, at the dude's grow, like he had chunky plants. And when we smoked the flower, it was it had it had bag peel, it had smell. And when, he, when, I, when I lit a joint, it had resinous on the end. It was resinous. And we smashed it in studio, and it, it smushed right. I was like, man, it's it's checking every single box, and it's done in sixty days. What? 
you know what I mean? Like, you're kidding me. So, no, it's definitely going to have its place, and um, people who haven't tried it need to try it. I was I was a believer. I was, you know, on the fence before I would carry him because to me it was the double no-no, you know what I mean? Like, you're really, you know, I was like, oh, you're really messing with nature now, but it, that wasn't, that's not the case. I mean, there's, there's Indica, Sativa, and Ruderalis. Just Ruderalis didn't get played with very much. Um, so, and there's guys, like, going to, to Alaska, they have to have auto flowers. Like they, they will not get an outdoor crop if they do not have auto flowers mm-hmm. because there's something so funny up there. So oh, I looked at it always as just a sign of people being lazy. It's like, Oh, just flip them earlier. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't that altogether. It's a completely different thing. And, um, well, I think, it, I think I was with you when we saw those auto flowers, right? That were all pretty dope that were in that one spot that were, they were just in the oh, same room. Uh, 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 hun dogs, hun dog spot, yeah, yeah. they're huge. Yeah, they exactly. On, on, that, on that table, and his mom, yeah. Yeah, and that was actually like, I was like, oh, damn, that's a, I mean, in, in, in a way, it's kind of fun just to, especially when you have a decent-sized bedroom, to have a couple plants in the corner just doing it, and you'll be like, all right, cool, I get to run through that whole thing without having to isolate them, you know what I mean, and, and, or, or put them in with the general population, I should even say, so you can get them before they ever go into the, to the main room and be like, okay, these are worthy, and then, you know, run through. It's, it's kind of a nice, because uh, it's also when, you're, when you do stuff under, um, like, veg lights, you kind of, like, get a different plant than you would, obviously, when you put it under um, full flower lights, but you also get to see kind of a different side of it, in a sense. A little leafier, but... Still, right. I've, still seen, fun. I've seen a lot of LEDs used in autos. I mean, I just like they just cut on, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they, if they, because of the par rating, that they do fine under LEDs, or I know that, like, for me, when I had my grow, uh, the LEDs just didn't penetrate. You know what I mean? They got the, they got the tops good, but they wouldn't get down to the base. They'd be, you know, a lot of popcorns at the bottom, of them. you know, even with thousands of thousand watts. Um, but uh, with the LEDs on, on autos, it seems to be, they seem to work well. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about LEDs earlier, and uh, I mean, we're all in the agreement that they're not quite there yet. But we, they have seen. I mean, he's doing a lot of uh, a lot of these guys are doing tents and stuff and small grows, so they're going to obviously yeah. lean on on those kind of. They can do. They can afford to put two six hundred dollar lights in. You know, what I mean, that's that's the other problem is they're just not cost effective. So it's like. Yeah. Hmm, I can't put a hundred lights in that cost six hundred bucks or something like that, and they normally do, but they're normally a thousand. It's like fuck, yeah, they normally. But but I will eight hundred dollars too expensive. I will say though, <laughs> on a commercial commercial scale though, I mean, if you're going to be contacting some of these lighting companies, there may be some rebates and other things too that they'll work with you. That oh, they, I mean, they you know, from a you know consumer level, you don't just get on Amazon and order sixty lights. I mean, you'd sure. be so much better served calling somebody and saying, hey, this is these are my needs. What are you going to do to help me make that decision? Yeah, and there's always. I mean, the thing is, there's it's cut through industry anyway so i think anything you buy hardware wise if you're buying it in, in numbers you can be the fucking big dick rolling in being an asshole and like, give me more this guy yeah. said he's gonna give me this yeah. and you can play people off each oh, other I want a controller. oh it's controller so, for him it's it's, it's, it's definitely uh <laughs> it's definitely like one of the <clears throat> first things i realized working at a, at a grow shop as a kid i was like you know, this light shit is just bullshit because it was like there was always like a one in every 30 lights that would come back either defective or the guy was defective or whatever, you know, just something was wrong. And it was like just the energy of bringing that light back into the the shop and me having to like take it all apart in front of the guy and fix it for him or do whatever. I was like, man, that is so not worth it just because like it was hardware. It was heavy. It was clunky. 
And right. nowadays, it's like you're competing to Amazon. So I would hate yeah. to have a. I just said, well, yeah, but at the same time, there's your pro tip of the day: don't buy hardware off on Amazon. I, mean, I bought my first purple digital ballast off Amazon, you know, and, and uh, it went out. And so I had to mail it back to them and wait for them to change it and mail it back to me. And I didn't have enough money to have another ballast. That's, that's I spent five hundred bucks on that one. Yeah. Where if I had to buy it local and buy it from a local guy, I could run down the store. He would change me out. Uh-huh. I'd have a ballast that night. So. Yeah. Local when you know your hardware, I always that, you know. Oh, it's going to be cheaper, but at the same time, if you're down for two weeks waiting for a replacement, it sucks. No, absolutely. Every grow shop that I know, they're waiting on so many repairs and so many bullshit things. And, like, you know, it's it's better to have them be sitting there waiting around for a little, even, you know, you, you, maybe you could have get it for a day or two earlier if you do it yourself, but it would still cost you more. Yeah. And, and for them, it's just added to the list of another. Well, million. it's like a Mars hydro warranty policy. They actually emailed me and they're like, do you know how to solder? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I was like, that's not, a, that's not a very good warranty, but <laughs> do you know how to solder? Yeah. I was looking for a job with this company. Yeah. Soldering your lights. <laughs> It's not very hard. So it's just it, just a little solder. Right. If you guys can solder, though, yeah. you can probably go work for them as a repair guy. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so, so autoflowers.net's a big a big uh, big form. Yeah, a bunch of different autoflowers. Yeah, autoflower. Autoflower.net. Uh, we're the world leading online community resource for information on cultivation of autoflower and cannabis. There you go. You that's got another great. soundbite. Soundbite clip. That was, that was perfect. Use that. Clip. Yeah, that was perfect. That'll be that'll be saved. That'll be saved and clipped later. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So James, you need to you need to link you need to, you need to link up with Jordan after the show. I'll get you guys together so you can talk. And then, I met some of your guys. We actually went to Canagrow, and uh, I was doing some soliciting there. And uh, I asked them if we could talk, and they gave me the card. I actually don't remember the guy's name on there exactly. Thank you. Um, but. Uh, no, we'll have to definitely touch base here. Like I said, we work with Mephisto and Mitch and those guys. Uh, I know GBD here. He's actually the one who kind of referred me over to this show. Um, so biggest shout-out to him as well. But, yeah, we'd love to talk with you guys for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because I know there's, there's, there's other uh, autoflowers out there. I don't, I don't know of them. I carry uh, Mephisto, and um, I, I have a hard time um, generally pitching anything else because I know that like sometimes it's like damn it I know that Mephisto will be better so I uh, like I just really like those guys too. And that's something I read in the chat room too not all autos are, are fem correct like there are male autos the, there are, yes that is correct there are male auto flowers um, it really just depends on the breeders and the people that are breeding them if they're going to release those males or not um, you know, I think from a, a consumer standpoint, uh, you know, a lot of people really want to see a feminized plant because it takes the guesswork out of what they're going to get there, especially if they're running on like a limited time period. Most um, people that are doing auto, they're thinking like limited space, limited time. Well, I mean, you're running with an appeal of 70 to 90 days to a harvest. So instantly, like if, you know, you're kind of rooting that benefit by throwing in chance of a male or things like that. Now, if that's your goal, if you're going for that sort of thing, or I mean, mm-hmm. if you're the kind of guy that thinks that, um, you know, non-feminized plants have more um, vigor and things like that, um, the offerings are a bit more limited. Um, you know, I do think that there are some safeguarding things some of these breeders are doing um, by not releasing those mm-hmm. male plants or a regular seed out by 
um, saying, hey, you know, if you want our stuff, you got to buy it from us, you know, because mm-hmm. it's only coming in feminized form, or you're going to have to cross it with something yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where a lot of these guys will come in, and you know, they'll take a, a low rider, low rider number two, and then cross it with you know popular nah, genetics. Low rider. <laughs> that's what, hey, I'm with you. I'm in, brother. We need to get away from <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> start with good genetics, or, or common yes, day and one. potent genetics. You know, start with something that's commercially viable. I mean, I, I see so many people jumping back and, uh, I, well, I've got these low rider seeds. I'm going to breed with them. If you're a purist, I think that's fantastic. Um, and, and let me throw the disclaimer out. I'm not a breeder, but, you know, I'm a guy with opinions. <laughs> um, right. Start with good genetics. I mean, why, why yeah. start with something that, yeah, it's tried and true, but it's old, and it's all the things people didn't like. It's all those things that on a commercial level people right. don't want, this, this little butt on a stick. They want these big plants. They want the uh, man bear alien pig, which I've got a, a picture of here. Um, by Mephisto, which we're actually hosting a contest on AFN with the guy that just chopped it. It's a guess the way contest because the plant was just mammoth. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, good breeders will give you better genetics. Um, these fly-by-nights, if it's somebody you don't know, if it's somebody on Facebook who's like, hey, man, check out my seeds, you don't know what you're getting. If you've got the time to burn and you're willing to gamble, go for it. But, you know, stick with good stuff. Stick with reputable. So... Definitely. I mean, I'm going to just throw this out there, but uh, what I always thought would be a good idea, perhaps, possibly, maybe. But uh, say you go camping in Labor Day, your little spot, mark out a little GPS map, you throw out 15, <laughs> you come back <laughs> Memorial Day, you go camping, you find a little GPS spot, you harvest while you're out camping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can legally condone that on the radio, but I think that is a good idea. <laughs> Finally, using GPS. What is he, for? What has he been always thought of? <laughs> Finding your <Yep>. weed. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I see it a lot in the commercial too. Um, not as the guys there want to flip them quite yet, as that quick. But um, for I'll have a commercial guy that uh, wants to pick up a thousand or two thousand beans and, and put them on his on the outside. While he's building his his his, his, his indoor, well, and then he'll spend his two months building his indoor, but he knows he can throw a whole field of these out there, and then he can come back and harvest. So, so you are seeing guys on a commercial level that are starting to buy these in bulk. Then, I yeah, I sold um, probably, and uh, unfortunately, fortunately, um, I, I sent uh, an order of three thousand down to the Santa Rosa area um, right after the fires because they he was like, "What's the quickest best thing I can get quick?" And I'm like, "Well." Here you go. These are what's going to work in that area now. It's unfortunate that the circumstances had to come to that, but on the other hand, at least that you know there's an option out there for people, and you know that's awesome. Actually, that's great that you know there's an option out there for those people that had loss that can still turn around and flip it around. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, technically, if we look at when the fires were, I mean, it, it, it should be just about coming up on food from from cropping the. Just but, yeah. explain. I'm mean, just explain your your torch list to somebody. Something like that. Oh it. my god! We're, it's got we're a little bit more probably. Thing thing back. What's that? Sony, Sony lithium, Sony lithium ion battery gets 75 charges, recharges, zero to 1200 degrees in six seconds. Um, and then because it gets so hot, uh, it's so fast. It also cools so fast, so the, the cool plate so cools and finishes in, in 10 seconds. You can touch it. Yeah, doesn't the titanium doesn't stay hot? It's always real thin. You know, you know what they need to make. I don't know if they make it yet, but I don't know. You can suggest. I have it. a for you. You can suggest it to them. Uh, would be like a nice uh, 
steampunk version of it, you know? Oh, that, that's cool. custom, isn't it? It would look so much cooler if this was, like, copper or something. It would be like, Is this made with a, a 3D printer? Yes. <laughs> of, course it's a, this. of course it's a 3D printer. <laughs> what is it? Like, jeez. See, see, James? It didn't yeah. take long for them to figure that out. Yeah. Did they improve their no. battery packs yet, or they just still look like... like they, I, I still want to take him to China and get him blow molded and have them all redone. But uh, he likes the 3D printers because it allows him to change things. Yeah. And so, uh, for instance, the old ones had the plug-in on the bottom. Uh-huh. So you'd have to take the pack off the bong in order to recharge it. Now they're on the side. Oh, my God. And so, there you, go. you know, the old the old ones didn't have a uh, surround <clears throat> around the trigger button. Uh-huh. And so they could accidentally be, be touched. And if you just touch them, they get hot. And so if you leave them plugged in and touch them, they get hot. But... The new ones have a, uh, a surround around the button, so it doesn't actually get, get pushed. It still gets pushed. I'm sure. I always unplug my shit before I put it I know. You have to. That's why I tell everybody. It's, it's, it's so sensitive. It's crazy. It's like hypersensitive <laughs> when you clean it up. It's like just, you barely have to touch it. So like if you put it in your bag, you're done. Like you, tell, tell us a story about your bag, James. What happened to your bag? So, so I'm sitting like in the expo. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a khakis on carpet show. No weed smoking in the building. I'm sitting and talking to the promoters. And of course, I've got my bong in my bag talking to them. And all of a sudden, I start seeing the smoke coming out of my arm. I'm like, and, then, and it smells I'm like God. And so I look, start looking, and I had I had left it plugged in. And we were touching it in the bag, and so we had burned through the bag. And, uh, there, was, there was all the smoke at the Indo at the smokeless Indo Expo. Speaking of which, we'll be next week, uh, next month in Denver, January 28th, 29th at the Expo Center. Will you Will you personally be there? I will. I'm uh, making my uh, triumphant return back. Triumphant return. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah. You didn't come last. You didn't come last time, did you? Or did you? No, I got. I was. I was. I wasn't able to come last time. We had. It's, it's really weird that they stack shows at the beginning of the month. So I've got. I've got an Indo Expo January 2029, one week in February, then February 9, 10, 11 in Hawaii for the uh, Hawaiian Indo Expo or uh, Hawaiian. Oh, he's going to kill me. Hawaiian and cannabis. Pakalolo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Hawaiian Cannabis Expo, I think they call it. And then uh, the weekend after that, uh, February 15, 16, 17, is CannaCon in Seattle with Vicente Fox. Oh, yeah? Uh, Mexican president. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll, you guys will be at CannaCon then? Oh yeah, we, we, we do that. We do the, We do all the circus. We go and we do all. Somebody's there. Somebody. Will all right, be there. We'll, we'll catch you guys booth there. We're actually going with uh, at least two or three other admins from the site, so we'll catch you guys here in February. Oh, very cool. Um, we just I don't know if you checked it out, but uh, that gives me. Oh, I was going to call the segue. Uh, our new site's done, finished finally, and so we can uh, work on getting you like a, a link, and we can share links and SEO on sites and stuff, but. Linky doodles. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. How's your site working, by the way, Doug? That's still running, I think. Yeah, looking good. Looking great. Looking great. No, um, nothing, so, <laughs> not so really. This, it's looking all right. He's good. So, so this week we had, uh, at the seed bank, we had six new strains from Crockett released on Tuesday. We had a restock, uh, six new strains from Swamp Boys. Um, we had a Mad Farmer restock. Wednesday was uh, Dominion Seed drop, uh, Duke Diamond's new company, um, we, uh, which was the first big test for the site, and it worked. Um, 
the way that it works, if, if instead of before everybody was complaining about they didn't check out in time, the, the, the packs would get pulled out of carts. Well, now the new site has, has a shopping cart timer for one hour. And so um, at the beginning, like at, like at 4.30, it looked like everything was sold out. But if those people didn't check out in an hour, at four at 5.20, all those packs came back in, into the inventory automatically. Amazing. And so that's just kind of cool. Little robots? And robots? Was it like actually robots yep. pushing things around that actually made it all come together? Like these, these robots, yeah, they they push these little balls and they oh, show that seeds out, and then they, yeah, actual take out the shopping cart, throw it, yeah, yeah, throw it back in the mill, it rolls down the thing. It's good because everybody could get a chance to to buy them more that way. Didn't have people just hogging them up to buy them, and so it was kind of cool that way. But uh, most of the Dominion all sold out. He uh, he sold out all his packs. Nice. But the restock for that happened uh, an hour ago. Oh, actually. 10 minutes ago, so go get it now, 420 Pacific time. Go get it. Go <laughs> what, uh, what, get what, it. what type of uh, payment and then types yesterday we had. Then yesterday we had... You guys take Bitcoin, right? And yeah, make a lot of Bitcoin? Pay lot oh, we do have Bitcoin now, yeah. Yeah? People paying you? We just added it. I have a wallet. I don't think I have one yet, but I have about <laughs> one. All right, you got less than a whole <laughs> Bitcoin. Well, come on, man. Got to get them now. Hey, cheap. Get them in there. It's not me. It's not some people. The people pay me in Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just happy to get. I just happy to get paid. Are you kidding? Well, that's all I need is the cryptocurrency to go down on me. Right. One more bank doesn't want my money. <laughs> right. Um, so, Caesar now is going to be here at the end of the month. James Tram for return. We're going to go out. And eat a bunch of food and get really tired and not going to make it out get to anything else. Are, are you guys are, are we just, get the meat sweat. We're going to organize a big, big huge party or what? Come on. Uh, probably, well, if you've you got the spot, we'll probably have to do something. You know, I do. I've got the spot. we got the spot now. It's good if I just meet everybody at once. We've got time to and then, uh, organize it. we got the spot, so I think we got to have to put something together. And then you're probably going to be moderating a panel, by the way. Oh, really? Again. And then uh, they... Holding court. Yeah, they Are we holding court. Okay, that's though. good. Are we getting? Um, are we going to get the like uh, Colin versus Mr. Soul, or what's going down? <laughs> what's that? No, so, um, I, no, 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 no. Um, no. So Colin is going to have his own speaking time. Uh-huh. Uh His own separate time. Colin uh, versus the world. The Colin versus the world. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then there'll, there'll be two other panels after that. So. Okay. Well, interesting. Colin's a super smart guy. Colin, uh, he gets, he gets, you know, he, he gets razzed a lot, but he's he's super intelligent. He knows what he's talking about, but sometimes, kind of like uh, oh, we're gonna I have, heard, uh, we're gonna have him on the show again. Don't worry, back. we're gonna have him on the show. He was fun. Well, he, was, he was fun to well, have you, on the show. Well, well, you can be smart. You can come across like an asshole sometimes, and no. some, and, and you don't want to be that guy. Well, so the funny part was we're, the, the, so the beginning of the show. The beginning of the show, we were talking about the auto flowers, and that was the whole thing. Is like. Uh, when I first got to Colorado, he contacted me and said he was doing a, working with some auto flowers. Showed me the MK, and it was like it was nice, but it was like literally the size of a. I put put it next to a Coke can. And it was like okay, it's exactly the same size as a Coke can. I can't, you know, like what can I do with that? You know, it's like it's like no, it was, you know, like eh, it kind of lost my interest at that point. I was like, eh, I'm not really interested in auto flowers or the size of a Coke can. Else pass, you know, it was like. But the, the idea was well, good for Colorado as far as auto flowers go. And now, now we, we both, with our own eyes, me and James, witnessed large plants grown in the veg area, right? Yeah. 
Right. And we smoked, like I said, then we smoked well, they had bag fill it, and mm-hmm. checked off all the boxes. Like, I thought, you know, I, I, I'd smoke an herb that, you know, you smoke it, and the joint doesn't even have any residue. It gets the bottom of the joint. You're just like, well, I'm not really stoned, but that thing's not really sticky. Mm-hmm. We smoked really good joint, and that thing, will, that thing will lock up on you before you get to the base. Just, it's still stuck together. Uh, but there's always had, it, it checked all the boxes, for sure. Um, and something about, uh, I was just thinking, in your situation, these will come in handy, I'm going to send you some Refeso autoflowers that you can get going in your garden since you were mm-hmm. so wrongly ridden by the bastards. Right. <laughs> right. Good man. Replace those. So you can get. Yeah, yeah. No, I, would, I, would, I would definitely, I would definitely try some. Um, yep. Yeah, <clears throat> so. And then I guess when we're thinking about autoflowers, of course, Jordan can help me out here. Uh, uh, I guess you don't want to feed them the first three weeks. It's really a light food, uh, food schedule. Yep, that's correct. correct. It is correct, yes. Um, you know, they're, they're a little, little more nutrient-fickle. Typically, you want to start with a quarter-strength to half-strength nutrients um, when you're going into it. And that first two weeks, yeah, you, you want to go lighter with it just to make sure that, um, you know, they're not going to be burned by anything. And that's a real critical stage of growth for autoflowers. So uh, less is more typically with autos. Um, you know, it's kind of a difficult thing to pound into people's heads. I still suffer from that myself. Um, but, you know, the less you give them, you know, the more control you have to actually give them more if they're responding, saying, hey, I actually need more. But, you know, you give them too much, you burn them out the gate, um, and you're possibly looking at a stunted plant, which, you know, you can't take clones from. There's nothing you can do to give it a long bed to repair that time. So uh, it's just very critical to, you know, understand what you're doing, go at it with a more gentle uh, touch, I guess, um, and then just see how the plants respond from there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and, I guess, and, and then I guess a real, a real loose soil as well, kind of like a like a clay or not a clay, but like a loose soil. Yeah. Like <laughs> Come on now, our, our definitions of loose is different. But <laughs> loose, yeah, a light light um, material like yeah. like plutonium, you know, really. Yeah, like a peat base. Um, you know, I grow in cocoa core, um, you know, which isn't the most uh, newbie friendly thing out there, but. Uh, you know your pro mix, um, you know sunshine mix, things like that. Those are typically a little lighter. Anything that's going to be a light mix going into it, um, you know you can grow these with super soil. In fact, I think Mephisto even has some super soils that they sell themselves. Um, but you know typically yes, they do they have super soil additives. Do you guys sell those on your site? Uh, we don't yet, but um, uh, we probably will be soon, just because uh, shipping from over there when they're oh, starting yeah. to be a bigger market. Me and Mephisto are we're, we're talking about a working on something over here, but I was most likely would love to carry their, their uh, soil amendment, I guess it is. So it's not actually a, a full, like, uh, you know, bag of soil, but it's amendment to mix in with your current soil, like a base, I guess. Yeah, and you, even with the, the super soils, I mean, typically you start with a lighter mix at the top. I mean, even like a softball, softball-sized puck that you take out, put in a light mix so that that seedling just has a few weeks to kind of grow through that, and then it's going to hit that hot mix, and at least it's established enough that it's going to be able to take that uh, heavier dose. Yeah, I'm sure it takes a little bit of a balance to figure it out because I mean, at the first, um, if you grew it the same way as you normally would, then you might come in heavy-handed. Uh, and you know, of, and the important thing there is, you know, identify if you're doing something new. I mean, most people do something once, have a knee-jerk reaction, and then type about it on the internet, and that's where so much of this cultivation information is just going wrong. It's people going, well, I don't understand the science, and I don't know what happened, but I'm going to tell everybody about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's fine, but or, be willing or, to. Or, or you get like a, you know, people who have just like 
pretty good luck with the way they're doing something. They put it up and people yeah, take it as gospel. For, and you're like, for first time success. I, I tell people, I think there's two dangerous growers. Your first time grower that does something super well and tells everybody about it saying, hey, look at my success. I clearly know what I'm talking about. And people take that. that I mean, that's clearly they look at those pictures and those results and they say, whoa, this must be someone I should talk to. Um, and the other guy on the flip side is a guy that's been growing for 30 plus years that just refuses that there's any new information out there. Um, you know, we're always learning. I'm always learning. You know, I've had to remove my foot from my mouth more than a few times and I've learned a lot about my personal hygiene. Um, I need to wash my, wash my feet more and watch what I say. So, um, but I think as growers, as long as people are willing to, you know, be open-minded to the education that's out there and say, you know what, you know, maybe the way that I know definitely works. I mean, you can't really fight the science that's been there for so long. Um, but there are new things that are coming out where growers are saying, look, I mean, why am I having good results with this? And how come this doesn't really agree with what the conventional way has been? Well, the problem is a lot of people grow like, like for instance, back in the day, I had a, a rainforest system, which is a little tiny unit from General Hydro. And it was like, it worked really good. But if you tried to like grow with 40 of them or 60 of them, it was like either you kept them all separate and then took care of each one of them individually, which was a pain in the ass, or you hooked them all up to a controller. And when you hooked them up to a controller, everything changed because now you had all your plants kind of mixing all their shit together. And all of a sudden it was like, uh oh, now I got these problems that I never had before because before everything was isolated. Yeah. Now it's all connected and there's some problems in between and can't flush the system and you get all ah, you get, reaction. Now all of a sudden it's a fucking nightmare, you know? <laughs> so so in a way you kinda of like it's hard to figure out the the sweet spot with any system, you know. And mm-hmm. I think with autoflowers, it's like it has its place for sure because a lot of people are like unsure of how to even grow anything for yeah. instance and in the beginning they overthink it I, you know, they want to do everything the most complicated way possible and i just tell people like you know soil is probably your best bet because <laughs> it's like if you have to if everything fucks up you can take those plants and move them easily but yeah. once you hook them up to a system and you're trying to learn how to grow and you're trying to learn how to grow i mean yeah. at the same time yeah. both both the plant and the system you know, my, 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 too much. my best learning experience was the first time i did a hydroponic bucket i did a five gallon deep water culture mm-hmm. um it ended with just the most god-awful pythium that you've ever seen it was just it was dripping like snot like thick jello off the roots mm. um and you know it ultimately it just take the flower um, it, it was awful. It, it, I said, God, I just, I, I didn't do enough homework on this. Right. But it also taught me, you know, to correlate, like, look, the, the changes happen with, you know, uh, hydroponics and things like that are so quick as yeah. opposed to like the soil. You've got so much more time with soil-based growing and things like that to fix problems. With hydro, you know, you might have a couple hours if there's a problem or a pH swing and things like that. Exactly. Um, but I like learned, a buffer. You have a nice buffer I, with I learned the, the most, though, when I did that going, holy smokes, like, you know, you can see the correlation between what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the time or the energy or the space to actually run that to have you know failure be their mm-hmm. um, education but you know don't ever look at you know a failed grow as something like god i just wasted time you didn't waste any time actually you learned something or at least you should have learned something yeah you should have um, most you people know, most people most people kind of refuse to learn at least the first two or three times especially when it comes oh, to like sure. I'm, I'm the same you know, way I, you know system, it, especially when you think you know what you're doing and you're like, ah, it, it wasn't until I, I started listening to the temperature, advice temperature is one of those things where I think <laughs> I think everybody figures it out like later like with hydro it's all about temperature you know if you, if you don't have chillers or some way to cool down your water in some way shape or form yeah. you're going to have a problem because pythium is going to grow Regardless, because you'll be like, oh, man, everything's so cool. And then the first round, it does work. Yeah. And the second round, eh, get a little. By the third round, the shit's fucking dying off. And you're like, oh, what's going on? It's like, 
you got Pythium in your system. <laughs> you just know it because they're only using like aeroponics or whatever. Yeah. And then they forget so, like, I, you know, to clean it properly. Or do, do your homework on your growing. I mean, that's what I tell people. We've got so many newbies that come to the forum. Uh, you know, with AFN, the, the brilliant part of it is that we help anybody. We're growers helping growers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you've got the dumbest question in the world. You can ask it. No one's going to jump down your throat. That's a huge appeal of the site. Not yet. Not yet. Soon no, it's going to be. Because ne- who's, never. Who's, who's never. Who is your, <laughs> your admin? Who's in, who's in charge? Who's you're, the final, you're, who's the, you're talking to him. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, man. They're so, going to have all sorts of crazies on their hands. Right. Oh, yeah. they're, they're I'm watching there. that gun show. <laughs> he's in charge. Now, trust me, my inbox will be full when I get home tonight. Nah. So. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, Speaking of inboxes, uh, with the, uh, Duke oh, Diamond speaking of dropping, inbox. we have to get back online and get that working going, make sure everything's going as, as, as supposed to okay. with all those skunks running around. Sounds so. good. Yep, thanks again. I'll talk to you, Jordan, for sure. Thanks for letting me call in. Uh, see you guys again next week, and uh, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, peace, man. Absolutely. Nice meeting you. Yeah, that was our 420 at 520 special, which was perfect timing. See, his lateness made it all just work out nice. <laughs> now we still got a little bit of time because um, we already started a little bit late, so it was perfect. So you guys, uh, when you guys started this group, who was the original starter? Was it like you by yourself? Uh, no, actually, I came into AFN quite a bit later. Okay. Um, AFN was formed in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, the founder, Ryan, out of Alberta, Canada, mm-hmm. um, was trying to find some way to get autoflowers represented on some other forums. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, pretty much nobody wanted to see anything of that because, I mean, the same stigma that, um, you know, we're growing buds on the stick with low THC was kind of right. hanging around. Um, so finally, you can't have made sense for, to grow obviously there too, because it's like, you know, same, same problems that, uh, they have as far as any Northern climate, uh, depending on where you're on Canada, of course. Yeah. Um, so he decided to start his, his own forum basically, um, where we could have a place where we could learn. Um, and even as the people that started have fun with it. I mean, I think education mm-hmm. is a lot more, um, beneficial and it sticks with people with their having able to learn while having fun mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the environment that we try to do with it I mean it's a pretty chill place but if you want to grind out an answer we've got so many people on there that have botany degrees other things like that um, you know as far as education goes and so, so you can have a lot of overgrow guys on there a lot of guys from former uh, overgrow people that are um, we actually do pick up a lot of traffic from other forums that say hey we try to find information here and we come here the number one thing people tell us um, beyond just the education part of it is that we're friendly. Um, and that's a huge part of, of that community aspect is that you literally can get well, on there. You're the flat earthers, man. you got to yeah, be friendly. you, you got to be flat earthers. <laughs> hey, if you're going yeah. to push against the <laughs> green, you better bring something to the, the table. You're so. flat earthers <laughs> like, bro, bro. So like, that's why it's so friendly. We just, that's how we, we grow it out. <laughs> no, we don't have conversations like that. <laughs> no. Um, no. Uh, but, you know, we try to help people out. I mean, if you want to learn about autos, you can come check out the site. We'd be more than happy. We, ask, we answer the same questions over and over and over Mm. um and you know if you're not willing to do the work yourself we'll try to still help you out but ultimately we try to help people help themselves um you know education you can spoon feed it to somebody and they'll never get it but you know if they go through some i mean i mean the cool part is for you guys is if you have that many people who are interested and running these small smaller grows and sort of i mean it's always nice to have a hundred people do your test and if you have a thousand people you know and you've started getting to tens of thousands that's like you know it's already a huge achievement like in in our world just because everybody was always so like i was just asking about overgrow because i mean a lot of those people are you know probably in their late 40s 
fifties, like you know, like myself in that age group, and they're like, you know, back in the day, they were just like, you know, total like very few people wanted to like put themselves out there. I didn't really get online too much because I was in Amsterdam, so it was kind of like, wow, well, fuck it, don't, don't have to live online. You live here. People are all dreaming to come here, but I'd check it out every so often and saw it, you know, saw the growth, and then saw it, the collapse of that, and then, you know, it's like. Uh, you see, like, okay, sometimes they take information and they, they, they hold that at the weirdest level. Like, it's almost at a higher level than of a crime, in a sense, because yeah. we're, like, educating people and telling them what to do, which is always like, really? Like, uh, that's, that's weird. Because <laughs> I thought it was just, like, a free fucking country and you could do what you want and tell people, you know, and, and, but they're like, yes, but it's a felony to grow cannabis. And then you're like, really? Okay, well, maybe where you are, but not where I am. And then when I was in Amsterdam, it was always like, I'm here, where it's, you know, it's accepted in a sense. And then moved to Colorado, where it's sort of the same, you know, and yeah. haven't really uh, tried to stay within the parameters of whatever they're fucking doing in those places. But at the same time, it's like watching the whole world open up, which is great, but still, to this day, information, it becomes one of those weird things. And as a podcast or as a, you know, if you're writing books or if you're running a forum, it's like, Theoretically, we could all be like, you know, like considered, you know, oh my God, you guys are telling people what to do. Like, you guys are educating. This yeah. is the worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have, I mean, obviously, no fear of that. I mean, we don't have any fear of that. But um, do you ever have any, you ever get shut down or like the whole thing get like, we're like, get any kind of weird. Um, we actually met with Hoban Law Offices out of Denver here, mm -hmm. um, and we had a consultation with an attorney, um, and it was pretty brutal, I'm not going to lie. He pretty much said, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Bob um, with some Bob of the, Hoban. With, with some of the stuff that we were doing um, on the site at the time, because we, we simply didn't know, and you know, ignorance doesn't really mix with the law very well. Sure. Um, so we did what most people did after getting a, a brutal ass beating on the phone from somebody who knows a lot. We got a little upset, and then we did everything the guy told us to do because ultimately we wanted to be in this industry we wanted to be recognized as legitimate mm -hmm. um you know with what we do we don't sell any product ultimately people say what you know how do you make money what, what's kind of the push for afn you know we sell advertising we're advertisers and, you know if you want to uh, break it down to brass tacks that's literally we offer that digital um you know, advertising platform to these vendors that want to have their products showcased off by growers. Right. Aside from that, we don't sell product, we don't sell herb, we don't sell seeds. Um, you know, we don't we don't sell anything other than digital pixels on the internet that you can look at with your eyeballs. Um, mm -hmm. We sell views, um, and we get that because we have a community that people generally accept to have good information, solid information. Um, and it's also a community that if you disagree with something, you can come in there. As long as you're not a total dick about it, you can say, hey, you know what, I, here's some information, here's some fact-based learning for you that kind of pushes against what you guys are saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, even my knowledge from this, this comes from the community. People are like, oh, you're so, you know, you know so much about autoflowers. And I'm like, I'm good at putting, the, you know, the pieces together and explaining it to people that don't know about it. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that information's right or wrong all the time, I generally hope it's right. Well, um, I think you stay. I think you, I think you stay within the parameters of of, of, of something that, exactly. before anybody's really going to question. Exactly. I mean, the, there's, you the got to have some discretion when you're explaining things to people. I mean, I mean and, and that's the thing. I mean, do you guys have like a percentage of acceptability as far as like, okay, well, one percent or 
five percent don't actually do what they're supposed to do, then we're okay with it. Or do you guys well, really go for that? I mean, is it? We don't. Un- we don't push for in, anything. We don't have an agenda on what we want to see. We're community based. Uh, we do. Well, pull, before pull, somebody's going to say something's truly a hundred percent, like like, do you guys get anything that is one like anybody who like guaranteed hundred percent never seen anything ever, or is it like? Because I mean, that's the thing with feminized in general. Without autoflower, just say just just feminized. It's one in a thousand possibly could flip because that's just generally the accepted rate by any breeder who's like doing any numbers. If you're doing hundred thousand, you figure if some if a hundred people got to you at the end of the year and said like literally they had a male out of the whole thing, you you could accept it because you know that you have that one percent chance. Right I don't there. know if there's any necessarily like standardized guidelines for that. Um, yeah, I would say standardized. It, it, I just I'm just wondering if there's like a socially accepted guideline just because. Like, like, uh, since enough people are giving their feedback, do you, like, if you get, like, for instance, you know, and you can't believe every single time is going to be the fault of the, the breeder, that it could be the fault of the grower, timing, spacing, temperature, there's a lot of things that can affect something, but at the same time, like, if you have, like, a rock-solid strain that's, like, never, ever, it's a feminized autoflower that just never, ever didn't do its job, or you guys, oh yeah, well you know, once in every you know hundred or five hundred mm-hmm. or a thousand, it might happen. Um, you know, in, in terms of that, um, we're not here to necessarily defend anybody in terms of like breeding and genetics. I mean, we're not here to fight anybody's battles for them. But what we no. do provide is an effective way for growers to give feedback to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it happens all the time in terms of like social acceptance. It's not like, well, it only happened once. So I guess you know, as a, a grower. I don't have to let somebody know about it. There's nothing like that. I don't know of any community that actually has that standard. No, or, or um, just, or just like um, uh, when you hear, when you guys hear, like somebody says, "Oh, I had a uh, male," blah blah, came out of this. Because I've had literally companies that are telling me that they're rock solid and they're you know feminizer of this, and then my, I get my friend of mine who's a good grower telling me they get didn't they get a male, and it's like okay, well, I don't even want to bring this one up because it'll be like a fucking you know, people will be no. Nobody's going to believe it. Oh but. no, no, it's it's nothing like that. We encourage people to actually tell those kind of stories. That's good information for the breeders. Usually, there's some steps that people can follow if you're uh, purchasing commercial breeder packs. Sometimes there's lot numbers and things like that mm-hmm. of, um, you know, when they took those seeds of where they're coming out of. Um, and oftentimes we'll try to encourage the growers, hey, um, you know, here's the thing. When we bring vendors on, typically we ask them to bring rep- representation on the site as well. So we've mm-hmm. got people directly that work with these companies that people can voice their complaints to if they have a problem. Right. Um, and we tell people, I mean, there's kind of a standard process for starters. You need photo evidence. If, if you're just some guy talking on the Internet, nobody believes you. But mm-hmm. if you've got pictures, I mean, that speaks a thousand words. Yeah. Um, so if you can if provide your those pictures. Things, if they're your pictures. Yeah, you've got to turn it around, um, put a filter and, on it, flip it. And we... And we understand. I mean, I've talked with enough breeders that say, like, you know how many guys will email us saying, hey, your stuff's crap, send me another 20 beans. I mean, they're just looking. There's so many people out there that are just, you know, scam artists, con artists, things like that. Um, But there are channels and there are ways to go about if you have issues with products or strains or or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And typically the breeders themselves are the ones that set those up. We don't actually have a policy with AFN ourselves. However, you know, we're not here to promote bad breeders. We're not here to promote companies nobody wants. Mm -hmm. Our thought is, is, you know, if there's a company out there that somebody can purchase those seeds from, they're going to grow them. They're going to grow them someplace. We'd rather have them grow them, grow those seeds on AFN so we can document that. If the stuff sucks, if they're having problems with it, if they're hermeing, bad genetics, they're not autoflowering, let's document it so at least that 
people can come to AFN where they know the information's good, they know that we have a history of being solid, and when they see that, um, generally they know it's not somebody just being an, you know, an asshole on the internet. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, usually, and that's the cool part when you're, when you're putting out uh, just, you know, sort of like free seeds to people to try, and then they get some feedback, and if I get three people saying the same thing, where it's either good or bad, then I'm like, okay, that's like 100%, like literally that's at that point 100% in my mind. That's why I'm going either throwing out all those seeds or I'm yeah. going to keep them all because yeah. I'm like, holy and, shit, and, right, and, three and guys we, said it was good, that's good. Three guys said it was bad, that's bad. You know what I mean? That's like a guarantee. Even if you only put out like 100 different people, it's just it only takes that, you know, because it's like there's enough clarity within that. Well, in social media and the Internet, I mean, you know, people getting on there and trash-talking companies, like social media is incredibly... Not, I don't want to say important, but it's critical in the way that, you know, the feedback comes back through people because mm-hmm. people look at this stuff and they go, well, I'm taking this to heart. I, I run our Facebook group on uh, Facebook and the amount of guys that would get on there and be like, I heard this company sucks. Even like stuff that I'm like, gosh, mm-hmm. like, who are you? Where are you coming from on this? And the replies are like, well, I'll never buy from that guy. And it's from some other guy who doesn't genuinely know anything else. And he, there's no proof of anything this first person's saying. So, well, there's a lot. I mean, yeah, there's, you know. there's a lot. There's a, in the last couple of years, the whole industry has kind of blown out, which is, uh, you know, noticeable. That's why, you know, we work with James. And, you know, it's good to sort of see people like yourself who are, like, you know, guiding people. <clears throat> Since you're doing really specific, uh, you know, what people are looking for a specific type of plant they're going to come to you guys anyway um and james is specifically american breeders and you know it's like everyone has their kind of niche which is the way it should be because in the long run with seeds it's like uh if you have too many strains going with too many different people and too many different things and no information from the people who are actually in between because you know even though you're not selling seeds it's still the same you're like helping people make decisions where they're like okay well you know here this is totally you know now i know because i've seen three guys and that's you know and you're also (coughs) looking at it and going like this guy's not a dick so that's good so (laughs) so so we have the guy you know we've had people ask us too whether we've got a a seed company that we can't actually get to respond to us in like probably three four months Mm -hmm. in correspondence we're going to remove them from the site somebody said they placed an order and never got their seeds and you know, the question was, why are you guys endorsing these guys? And, you know, our, our response to that is, you know, we're not necessarily endorsing these companies. They're not here to sell their product, um, but they're out there. And I'd rather find out that their company went extinct while they're here on AFN, which <laughs> hopefully that's not worth the cause or anything. But, <laughs> um, but I'd rather them find out that here so that we can say, hey, here's an official statement from us saying that, you know, we brought these guys on. We can't even get a single person to contact us back in four months. There's no activity on their social media. Um, we have no idea what happened with them. So, um, you know, we have to make decisions there too. Like, you know, how much accountability accountability do we have as the site when we bring these vendors on? And, you know, some people, you know, we've been accused in the past of, oh, this is just a big money grab. We make barely any money with AFN. This is almost functioning as a nonprofit. Um, instead, we're there to give information to people. I mean, if it was about the info, we'd have a membership fee, charge people out the ass, and because um, that information is solid. But, you know, this is about helping people, getting that stuff out there. So, um, you know, if you're a consumer and you want to grow autoflowers, um, you know, come check out the site because you're going to get a good example from people. Hey, you know, these strains didn't do well. Our growers, 
are not paid growers. There's no endorsements here. These guys actually get really, really pissed at me specifically for some reason. When they grow something out that doesn't work or they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll test these seeds out. They, they test them out and they, they grow shitty and they're like, well, man, I just ruined my whole crop and, you know, these guys don't have their medicine now. And it's like, wow, you're kind of taking a gamble. This is the yeah. whole point of it. That's, but that's great, though, because you're a consumer who would have done the same thing not knowing this, even if you weren't a tester and you bought this, yeah. having those same kind of results. So... You know, yeah, it sucks for you, but this is the whole point of what we're trying to do here is to get good documentation of real growers growing this stuff out saying, hey, you can make the decision for yourself. I'm just a guy who grows and I'm a guy who's got money in my wallet and I want to decide where to spend that money. Um, you know, and if this product works or if this strain works, great. But, you know, if there's some guy that's like, hey, this is 33% THC and it's going to grow into a mammoth and you grow this low rider six-inch bud... Um, we want to know about that. I don't right. want consumers to know about it. I want growers to know about that. Right. Yeah, and I think also the uh, the, uh, the the fact that you guys are just kind of filtering through, which is also super apparent. Like when people, when there's that human touch of like people who are around certain products enough, they, they know they can, you know, you know that they've done it. It's like real obvious compared to like, someone being told like oh yeah this is like like this and then you're repeating what they said compared to like a guy who grew it from the beginning and you're like he knows exactly how it grows he knows exactly how it fucking trims you know all the little details that are actually really important and those are the little details that actually sell stuff you know like if somebody's like trimmed 100 pounds of a certain strain compared to another you know all the other, and they all like dude it took half the time yeah that'll make me go like all right I'll take right. that right out of the gate just cuz that's right. like you know knowing that at the end of the day those those buds will be easier to trim, easier to store, easier to whatever, you know, compared to like, oh, dude, it's a nightmare. <laughs> like, if somebody tells right. me it's a nightmare, I'll be like, I'll stay away. <laughs> so it's like, that, you know. That's good, though. That's honest oh, feedback. Only things you know um, from doing it. You, you know, know. We, we are told from a majority of the vendors that come on, we, when we ask them, like, how, how are you guys selling? I mean, what's the selling point? And they say that we sell more product through forum advertising by growers showing other growers the results, hands down. I mean, you want to sell ads, you want to buy ads, I'll sell you guys ads all day long on this mm -hmm. site. But if you really want to sell your product, get it out in the hands of people that have some you know, rapport with the community right. and get them to grow that out. Because ultimately, when people see their peers and people that they trust mm -hmm. that are growing this stuff out and going, hey, man, I give this, this endorsement, just like you said right there. Do you have a, five, do you have a top five grower endorsement that you can do right now? A top five grower endorsement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on your Well, site, I, could, I could show you a couple of, I mean, this is... Uh, I remember it's that way. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the camera. Just tell, just tell us their names. Just tell us, tell us five top All right. names. Well, uh, top, uh, top five names. Just so let's we can. see. Just uh, top five. There's, there are many, many talented growers. Ten. 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 Oh, Jesus. You made a good one. Just do five. Just do five. Well, some of the award winners here... You don't have to show anybody. Just tell them. All right. Just so we can have it on file. Mr. Ganjimoto here has got some award winning with Dutch Pat. Passion. Um, let's see, Hans Birk grew out an award-winning blueberry from Dutch Passion. Uh, big double Dutch win. The right? double Dutch. Double uh, Dutch win. Big shout won. out to Ashton. I told him I'd make him a star today if it came up, and I guess it did. So, um, but he actually grew out uh, Mephisto's Man Bear Alien Pig, which you guys can see some pictures of that on the Autoflower.net forum. We're actually having a guest of the week contest for that, um, where he's chopped it up, and it is just a gigantic plant. 
Um, you know, th- there's fantastic growers all over the site here. Two more, uh, two more. Two more two okay, two we've more, got the legendary <laughs> Tang. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with yeah, Tang. He's probably considered to be one of the most photogenic autoflower growers on him, the internet. Him, per- him personally or, <laughs> or his plants? Um, well, <laughs> him personally, I don't know what he looks like. He's probably a charming fellow. but No, nah, his, plant, um, his plants, I'm assuming. Check, check out yeah. Tang's growers out there. Um, that guy Kyle, is legendary. You'd, you'd win most photogenic grower. Yeah. Yeah. Most photogenic stone guy. Yeah. Most photogenic stone guy in a studio. Kyle, once again, Casey. You got kind of of a Channing Tatum thing going on over there. He gets so high. (laughs) Last week he was so high sitting over here. Was it last week or the week before? (laughs) Both. 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 You need to call him Magic Kyle. (laughs) Yeah. No, he's a combination. There's a couple of dudes who uh, on late night and stuff that... There was a back in the day, the smiley guy, which are, he reminded me of, that was always back with a cup of coffee in the back. Who's that guy in that time, the late night show? I forget the name. He had a little cup of coffee, and he'd, always just, he'd be in the window. He'd be in the window with a cup of coffee the whole time laughing at the guy. I think it was on, I think it was on uh, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Green. Tom Green show? Yeah, Tom Green show. Remember the guy in the co- remember the guy just laugh and sit in the corner with the coffee and laugh. That's right. That's, that's Kyle. Right. That's Kyle. Oh, wow, that's uh, that's Kyle. Whatever. He could do that every week, no problem. What happened to Tom Green? What happened to Tom Green? I don't know. Tom Green. He, he definitely was one of the guys yeah. who started the whole like that trend. Kind of shock. Shock. He's awesome. Man. I love. I loved him. Yeah. I loved him. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, got my kid to watch the uh, the. the Bum bum song because it's uh, the Swedish, the Swedish. It just doesn't make any sense, but it's like, you know, Nick's like, what? It doesn't make sense. All he sees is butt, but Swedish makes no sense. I mean, you know, it's hard for a five year old to comprehend, but it's a pretty, it's a basically about that. A, he's right on the age group, right? Because I'm like watching it, I'm like, dude, this is made for five, literally six year old or something. <laughs> yeah. It's you remember the bum bum song? Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. He was trying to repress that, I think. Yeah, he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. You know what I'm talking about. And in there he goes, the Swedish, the Swedish. My bum is on the Swedish. It doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? But my kid's half Swedish. Anyway, that was like a long-winded conversation about Tom Green. But Tom Green was an awesome guy. I think he was one of the... Best of that time frame, uh, you know, kind of. Right, right now it's the Eric Andre show. Is is the new version in my mind of that? Like, earning mother's disapproval. <laughs> it's, it's super. It gets ridiculous. That show is awesome. He's 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 my next big hero on on on, on TV. For these, he's a much better show than this. That's for sure. <laughs> much more entertaining. But no, it's good to talk about uh, autoflowers just because, uh, in the end of the day, it sort of seems like we're past all the the voodoo science of it all. People understand it's not genetically modified strains. It's not anything crazy. It's not like some so you know like weird sci-fi thing. It's just literally natural selection. Back crossing recessive genes that are kind of like hybrids, you know, you know or hopefully recessive enough yeah. that you don't want to be the, the dominant run, but at the same time, it's just enough to get you to make the plants just kind of get going in a sense about it, regardless of your time period. 
Which, I mean, in a way, if you're not... Because nowadays, with the 12th plan thing, it's kind of like people are so... In a real, like, a lot of people are just kind of like in an autopilot, you know what I mean? They don't want... They don't even, you know, they just want to kind of get, like, through the, through, the, through the deal, make it work, boom, 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 and then for them it might make sense, you know. Uh, for, for me, the breeding side, it was always a problem of no moms. I mean, there was pros and cons, of course. That was a, the biggest problem was no moms and no, like, me getting scared of, like, it, it contaminating my breeding project, let's say. But for most people, it's not really a big deal. No, I completely understand where you're coming from with that breeding site. Um, you know, check out the modern-day auto flowers. I, you know, most people I talk to that talk about autos or what they don't like about autos are still stuck with the ruderalis-based image in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, auto flowers today in, in common day are hybridized versions of, of ruderalis. It's not ruderalis. I mean, it's not like 90% ruderalis. If you're growing that, you're not going to enjoy what you're smoking, most likely. Right, right. Um, you know, so check out the modern-day genetics. Check out some of these breeders here that we've suggested. You know, Mephisto Genetics here. Um, Dutch Passion, Dynafem, and that's just a handful. Come check check out the breeders we have on the forum. We've got over 40 different vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, autoflowers, we've got probably 12 different autoflower breeders from around the world. Um, we're adding breeders, you know, every single month. I get emails from people saying, hey, we're interested in coming on, checking this out. Um, if you want to see lights and different equipment that grows autoflowers, and a lot of this stuff translates over to your photo period plants as well. Um, again, we do kind of emphasize on the home hobbyist grower, so if that's something that interests you, um, which obviously is a gigantic market out there. Come check it out. You know, the information is free. It's completely public. We don't charge anything. You don't even have to create an account to view the information. Um, we encourage you to create an account, but go ahead and look for a little bit. Just see if it's something that you guys would dig, um, and then create that account and be part of the community. Um, it's real friendly, and, and uh, you know, it's a great place to learn, and that's the important part is having a, an environment that you can learn in that you don't have to, you know, feel... Uh, you know, worried about being attacked and things like that. So, no attacking allowed. I know. You know it's very strictly be attacked. Or you'll, you'll have to answer. Speaking that. of being attacked, <laughs> what's going on over there? MTI, you reading some nasty news? Oh no! Uh, Trump signed a stopgap spending bill extending federal medical marijuana protections for a few more weeks. Just a few more weeks. And yeah, then what, he's going to unleash the beast on us. I like the little uh, tagline here. The elf. The elf will be loose. Congress kicks the proverbial bong down the road once again. Basically, they just sloughed it off until the middle of Janu- January, it looks like. And then they're going to try to drop a hammer when no one's paying attention? Like, oh, yeah. everyone's all tired. It's mid-January. You just want to sit in your house and be cold or whatever. Yeah, they're just trying to wrap trying everything up over there in like, Washington. Right, by the way. It's kind of crazy. Like, then what? They don't have any money anyway. It's like the government's broke. It's like, government broke. Legalized weed. Well, like those taxes, man. Exactly. Now they're, now they're uh, oh, no good weed. No good weed. Now it says Los Angeles won't be ready to sell marijuana until January, f- or won't be ready to sell uh, January 1st. And they're not even accepting applications to sell uh, recreational pot until January 3rd. Taking any, so. Yeah, so no one's going to be up and running after legally. the Legally. Yeah, legally after the new year. It's going to be a lot of illegally. <laughs> a lot of illegally. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Let's try to kill the, kill the New Year there. Um, so what are you guys doing for New Year's? Uh, probably hanging out the house. 
Sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's kind of a, <laughs> that's kind of a small town for pretty boring people. That's, Sounds like a I'm, huge uh, plan there. Married with wife and children, so no, no illegal fireworks. Not so, gonna go crazy. There's um, like tens of thousands of dollars. We got, we got a neighbor crap. down the road that lights them off. Oh, they like, you need one crazy or, neighbor. Everyone yeah. has a crazy neighbor. You got a crazy neighbor. He says yeah. he told me that's how he signifies his drug dealer down the road. He's like, I light a firecracker as the night to see if he's home, and I was like, oh, everyone fucking hears you, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we don't know what we're doing yet. We haven't, we haven't planned. We haven't planned. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? You guys nice. a party? Yeah, we might wait. Yeah. We'll throw down. Who knows? They, they, they were requesting to do a rooftop, rooftop spot. I mean, come on, we got a rooftop. Dress up Kyle? Kyle's ready to go. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> Kyle's going to be like James Bond. He's going to be like dressed like James Bond. In the corner, not saying a word. <laughs> don't say a word. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, cool. Uh, what else is going on? We've got 10 minutes left, if that, something like that. Something like that, nothing, yeah. nothing big in the world. That was it. Trump just signed that thing. We're, we're going down in flames. Yeah. Besides that, and Sweet Leaf is, is going to get off the I think they're just going to get off the hook. That's my prediction. They're going to get, like, everyone's going to be like, that whole case is going to crumble. Crumble underneath them because of the fact that they just, again, kind of overstepped their thing and went after the wrong people and made a case against the wrong people. And so I think good. Any, any good lawyer is going to be like, throw this at throw this at it, good. Because, I mean, it's like, if I was looking at it from just the bar, I'd be like, well, first of all, the wrong people got brought in, and second of all, the the thing they were doing wasn't even illegal. So it was like, they're going to be like, all right, it's pretty hard to make a case on that. So, I don't know. I think if it was a a bunch of smaller people like who got it and then they got it too and the small everyone got like a fucking warning and it was just like you know hey we're on to you guys I'd be more believable but the fact that it was one place and then they didn't go after anybody else and nobody else got any warning it was just kind of like guys I was like come on can't spend a year on a case and that's what you got you got 13 butt tenders and right. like, it's like the worst <laughs> to me that's like the worst kind of reaching for that shock value but they got it though i mean that's that's the sensationalized story though so just doesn't really make any sense so it's kind of like okay well that's not that's nothing that's like i mean the closing of the shops is, is the, the thing and the more, you know that's the crazy part it's like they went nuts like it went all prohibition style and like on Christmas week, you know, it's like, come on, really? Like, I gotta take away all these, and then all these people who's supposed to get bonuses couldn't get bonuses because there was no, you know, everything got frozen, and it's like, oh man. So there was, <laughs> there's like, you know, super pissed people. It's gonna go like, I don't know. It's big, it was a big fuck you to the sort of industry in a way, but I don't know. It's crazy. It's like one of those. I think it'll. It, I don't think it's like I said it's going to crumble in my opinion so I'm like alright well this is just one of those things where it's going to be a big hoopla but I mean if that's the problem they sold too much weed and they paid and they were as long as their papers as long as they were paying all their taxes and everything wasn't just bullshit and they were just like selling you know so it was, it, that, it's going to be interesting to see because they're going to be like I think all the other shops right now are loving life. They're like they're just cranking out, you know what I mean? But for the most part, they were, you know, it's going to be like if they're only allowed, every, everybody's really doing what they're following that whole thing and they actually turn into a real good system. 
that's like even more, not that it, I mean, it's like whatever. I mean, I, I can see the idea of slowing it down for out-of-state shit or whatever like that, but it's kind of like, it's kind of crazy at that point. At that point, you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't, don't even want to buy weed at that point. <laughs> not that I do. Not that I ever do. Uh, anything else good? Nothing good? Uh, Jack in the Box is going to launch meal tailored to cannabis consumers with the munchies. It's going to be uh, $4.20 and features two tacos, french fries, onion rings, five mini churros, three chicken strips, and a small drink. Is that deal going on right now, and is that close by? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, just, it says it's, uh, it was a California type of deal for the oh. recreational pot <laughs> happening on January 1st, which no one will be able to buy, any, at least in L.A. Sounds terrible. So you can get the, <laughs> you, 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 you can get the munchies, but you can't get the pot to get the munchies. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yep. So um, that's what we got. Yep, that's what we got. That's we got what some we're working crappy, right there. Some crappy news, Kyle. What happened to you and your all your your investigating reporting? We're yes. doing some like serious investigating this week to uh, bring us some awesome info, or no, nothing. Yeah, sorry, what? Yeah, I said, weren't you bringing us some awesome info this week or no? On news? On news? <laughs> oh no, like, man, the news has been pretty, it's been pretty low key, you know. Really? Okay. Somebody's you know opening up a new shop in one place, and somebody's what? applying for permits in another spot. Uh, are you talking about some some uh, some smoking club swags, or no? What it's smoking club here? No, never mind. I thought you were talking about something interesting, but no. I thought I thought you were going to bring something to the table. <sighs> Nothing. Nothing. Zero. All right. It's okay. It's fine. Next week's going to be Kyle's news. Yeah, we're doing all that. Oh, yeah. It's going down. I'm tuning into that. It's going in. It's going. You got to wear a suit and everything. I'm going to call in, actually. Yeah. I got to have you. You're going to have that little corner. We're going to get set it all up properly. Feel free to call in anytime. Got to use those lights for something so we can't go against the window. We have to go that way. We'll go that way. Desk, you. Bam. Done. Show. I like it. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna happen regardless of, of if you want it or not. So get ready for the news minute with Kyle. Yeah, that'll be cool. We'll do like a whole little piece. Yeah, yeah. And Kyle will not say nothing. He'll just like KTN news minute. Can we do it? We can do it all with. Um, you can we can do it all just to like text, and you can just not say a word and just sit there and do bong hits if you want or something like that. Kyle's thoughts or something. Yeah, there you go. In sub, his thoughts in subtitles. Yeah. He just projects them. Yeah. <laughs> While well, he does bong hits or something. So we'll figure it out. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, bro. Now it's gonna be now he can't wait. Now he can use the love in that. So um, once again website is autoflower.net. That's easy enough. And um, you working with any dispensaries down there or just kind of hanging out and growing your own yeah, medical? Just, just doing medical right now. Uh-huh. All right. Me too. Me too down there. It's more fun. Yeah. Well, it was fun. Now it sucks. What's this whole <laughs> 12 plant bullshit going down? So, I mean, is that, is that real or what? Uh, it is if you're papered up, you know, extended plant counts and whatnot. I mean, it depends on where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in town, you know, you're looking at different bylaws. And, sure. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, I mean, in Agland, I feel like they have to be a little more, they should be a little more lenient. Like, well, okay, you, well, it's like, come on now. It's like, we're not, you know. 
Yeah, and, and we're not in the middle of this fucking understood understood in like an apartment. It makes sense, you know what I mean? But when you can start living on like a you know hundred acres of land, you got like a big old barn or something. It's like, okay, so I can have and I have even if it's like thirty six, you know, something like that, more reasonable. Where you're like, okay, that's sort of reasonable. It's still not great, but it's better than it was. And it used to be ninety nine, and ninety nine was perfect because you're like, okay, I can right. have. Some in veg, but now their whole the, the biggest problem with Colorado is the whole veg thing. You know, it's like other other states are like, yeah, you can have hundreds of them in veg, right. just can't have a lot in flour. That's okay. I can I can live with that too. So I hate this place. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> just people don't know what they're doing yet. So especially because we're so advanced, and at the same time that that got overlooked. And I'm like, really? They some because in the beginning they said as long as you kept them below a certain height and then it was like that's ridiculous it was like four inches it used to be eight and now it's four you're like okay now four come on like what am I going to grow like I can't have like four inch plants you know? I see it and down there from what I understand it's just uh, it can't be in visual view like yeah. you can't see it like as long as they can't see it uh-huh. they just drive right past I mean the amount of times a sheriff's truck is you know drove past the house looking mm-hmm. at looking for tops of plants and things like that and mm-hmm. um you know i've seen driven by houses where there's quite clearly you know big just four by eight panels of uh, plywood put up yeah. and uh it's like you know exactly what's behind there but out of sight out of mind and apparently that's that's what works for a lot of people yeah. um you know I, I think that if you can be respectful about the growing part of it i mean um, you know, I didn't grow here. I throw it in everybody's face like, oh, I love weed. Let's grow weed, everybody. But, you know, you still got there's a lot of people out there that, that aren't okay with this. They're not okay with growing. Um, and I think that, you know, if, as long as you can still grow and be respectful about it, I, I think that, you know, we can have the changes that we want as growers while still maintaining some of these traditions that, you know, you know, this, especially the older generation still wants to hold on to because there's a lot of, um, you know, stigma attached to growing pot with like, well, who are these, you know, derelicts and these dr- drug dealers and things like that that are going to be doing this? Um, you know, so it's just my personal thought on it, I guess. But Well, there's, um, I mean, there's definitely people, I mean, Pueblo's got a Pueblo area, maybe not where you're at, but Pueblo area that definitely has a lot of bad rep just, just because a lot of people came there, you know, took advantage of the situation, blew it all out at one point. Now it's all getting cleaned up here and there. A lot of, obviously, illegal grows there, too. A lot of those were like ridiculous, you know, like just big and dusty and stupid, and like you know, just not well thought out. And you're like, well, that was a really dumb idea, you know. What I mean, like, no, there was one right there in town. I mean, you know, last yeah. year, a helicopter came over and just on the edge of town. I mean, they just put up a fence and it's like you guys are. I mean, they're they're not being sneaky. They're not putting any they amount of effort like, into hiding. Oh, yeah, probably eight hundred plants or something like that. Right. But, you know, they figured they're just playing the numbers, and you know, who knows? That's probably one of many of whoever's putting all that on. So oh, she she said she was carted up. You know, <laughs> every plant was carted up, but uh, yeah, she was over a hundred. So yeah. right, that's crazy. The wall. Wow. Uh-huh. Those raw photos that you sent in. These are all auto flowers from the yeah. from the forum on nice. autoflower.net. Oh, nice. Uh, that's a bubble Kush one right there. Sweet. Looks pretty good. Like I said, there's um, been such improvements in so many different aspects of growing, as far as like you know, people that were just learning how to feminize years ago are now pretty solid with what they're doing. People who are making selecting for, for autos were also kind of like especially because it's funny that you work a lot with Dutch Passion because I mean I knew Hank from when I was first there and he he had uh, uh, 
he just it was doing Dutch Passion Seeds like just started like it was like, maybe his first or second year. Oh really? And his first coffee shop and you know, you know huh. so I knew him back then and it was just like um, kind of like a lot of woody sort of purple strains in the beginning that were kind of like oh, they're good they're chunky but they're not really like what we would want as a finished product and then later he got like you know he hooked up with um, with uh, uh, DJ Short so then he got some interesting genetics then from Oregon stuff so he was working with those then he got and he was the first guy to feminize and he was like the first guy to you know and, he, and he's super Dutch guy real tall and like very calm and you know like those are like certain like certain attributes that it was just interesting as a breeder because he was not like a big super stoner but he was and he definitely you know smoked a bit and stuff but it was also like maybe more hypersensitive to <laughs> things that, that than maybe we would be like but he had a pretty cool coffee shop and uh actually the first one that i hung out at and stuff so it was like it was just definitely like he, he was on point for a Dutch guy he was like first place because it was called Homegrown Fantasy so it was like you walk by and you're like oh that's cool went in there and it was just like oh Homegrown Fantasy I like this place and they walked hung out there and then that turned into be like my little hub and if you kind of go there that was always the the one of the cooler shops just because it was literally no import no imported hash and no you know import and it was all local and all you know so I was like okay this is cool first seed that I got there was from this bag of weed I, you know, I got there and I was like oh cool some skunk indica went home and grew that and it was super nice and then he also became one of the first I think probably auto flower guys too that was really like focused you know mm-hmm. and then when Dutch do stuff good they do stuff really good <laughs> that's, that's what I always noticed that's, that's what I always noticed you know so they're definitely like you know if they take it seriously they'll be like damn alright these guys are on point but then there's also, I mean, not, not to say that there's a bunch, of, a bunch of fucking bullshit over there, too, because yeah, there's a bunch of people yeah. that take advantage of the situation that they're in all, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if there's somebody who's there and is real serious and they're on point, yeah, they're usually, you know, really on point. Like my friend MC Smart, he's a mushroom guy. Mm-hmm. He's grown all mushrooms there, and it was just like he didn't, he didn't really do it. Like he barely ever did them, but, he, you know, he did take him once in a while test him whatever but he was mostly like just so focused on what he did and it was like damn they could just pull off such huge numbers with you know barely any input just had to like be on point but you have to be on point (laughs) (laughs) that is the key to be on point all right well we're gonna wrap it up here it is uh 631 so we have been on official time now we did it we made it. Yay. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for coming through, Jason. Or Jordan. Jordan. I knew, I knew it's fuck a up. J. It's all right. I knew I'd fuck up down the road somewhere. Right. Jordan. You did that's great, cool. though. You did Jordan, great Jordan's my friend. <laughs> Jordan is my friend's name also out in the, at the Tetra Hydro Club. I'm going to say hi to him, too. So what up, Jordan and Jordan? Uh, Tetra Hydro Club is located in Rhode Island. It's the only, only cool club on the East Coast. If you're there, if you're anywhere near in there, get in touch with those guys. Because they always got some cool shit going down. Um, also, want to thank all my sponsors uh, for hanging in there, and I want to thank uh, my beautiful wife, Cece, who's going to text me in about three seconds, asking me if I can run next door and pick out a hoodlum for this guy. <laughs> uh, and uh, Little Nick, who's got like ten days off or twelve days off, or something crazy now. It's cray cray. It's kids are going crazy. Um, 
going to say, I guess, Merry Christmas to everybody this weekend. Oh, my Merry God. Christmas. Next time you come back, it'll be the edge of the new year. We'll be doing you know, a year-end wrap-up uh, slash have uh, Mr. Tuck call in uh, from Canada and I'll, we'll post a little bit about him before the show so everybody can figure out what's going on with that. And uh, we'll see you guys next week post-Christmas and we'll be all tired and beat up kids bought (laughs) 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 bought so many batteries and shit you'd be like oh my god yeah gotta put the bike together or something you know I broke one piece they sent me two left they sent me two left fucking things the kids crying (laughs) something's gonna go down it's fucking Christmas anyway see you guys uh, next time and peace thank you so much for having me on the show man thanks thanks guys Some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it...